call the meeting of the regular meeting of the Willow City Council for October 10th, 2023 to order. Shall we stand and salute the flag? Roll call, please. Councilmember Hanson? Here. Councilmember Hudson? Here. Councilmember Sprague? Here. Vice Mayor Vaden? Here. Mayor Thomas? Here. Everyone's present, sir. Thank you. Before we get to changes to the agenda, I'd like to bring up a request of the audience one more time. I've discussed this in the past about decorum at the Civic Center and at this, in these chambers. In our last meeting, we had some outbursts. I would prefer that they would stay within uh, the civil discord that we need to have. Uh, I also understood that there was some profanity directed at our staff in the main lobby. That is unacceptable to have here in the, in the council chambers or at City Hall. So please, let's have civil discourse. discourse. <clears throat> Thank you. Changes to the agenda. There are no changes. Ceremonial matters. I don't have much wind, so I'm going to ask Councilmember Vaden to read this. I'm suffering from a bit of a cold. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Who's receiving? We want to know.
Mr. Mayor, um, considering what you just read or what the Vice Mayor just read and given its import and given the situation that's currently going on in Israel, um, may I suggest that we take a minute of just silence whether when somebody wants to pray or just have good thoughts about the people that are suffering under the same type of a situation currently. Excellent idea. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Public comment and consent calendar forum. All matters on the consent calendar are considered routine and are approved by one motion and one vote, unless council members or the city manager first request that a matter be removed for separate discussion and action. Individuals wishing to address the city council concerning consent calendar items or regarding matters not already on the agenda are invited to make oral comments of up to three minutes at this time. Please address your comments to the mayor or council members, not to the staff or the audience. By state law, the council is not permitted to undertake any action or discussion on any item not appearing on the posted agenda. If you have any documentation that you would like distributed to the city council, please mail it to the city clerk or drop it off at city hall. Thank you. Consent calendar items. Pleasure of the council. I've got uh, just a quick question, I, if I might, on the... Uh on check register, please. Um, we have a bill here again, or another payment, or a payment for $20,431.81 to Hilderlitter and DeMoss. I think that's HDL. HDL, that's correct. If I'm not mistaken, about two or three meetings ago, we had a similar payment to them. Is is this ongoing, or just... I thought I thought our contract with them was like $37,000 a year or something. It, it, the payments to them are yes, they are ongoing. Not necessarily every every week in accounts payable, but I can research the previous one versus this one and get back to the council if you'd like. I, I don't know off the top of my head the difference between this invoice and the last one. No, but fine. happy to research it and get back to you. Do they bill yeah. annually or semi-annual? Quarterly. Quarterly. Oh, is it quarterly? Okay. And with the staffing shortages we have in the finance department, we are a little bit behind on accounts payable. Okay. Yeah, if you would, I might, my memory might be bad too, but I, I just, it seemed like I saw that one time before for a similar amount, but knowing that the contract was only $37,000 a year, have a 40,000 or 20,000 payment and another 20,000 just didn't seem right. Thank you. I'll research and get back to you. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I actually can answer that. I believe it's uh, the city engineer and I are discussing it. Inframark is the company that manages the wastewater treatment plant. And it's, we believe it's our it's monthly. Their, it's their, it's per their contract. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, no, I think uh, annually it's around 600,000 if I'm not mistaken. So. 653,000 to be actually, yeah. 
I have a question for Jody, if I may, on item 6C. Um, that contract looks like most of it's a boilerplate, but has several points where it could impose liability on the city if we don't dot all our I's and cross all our T's. I can only presume you've read the contract and you're comfortable with the scope of work included? Yeah, the city manager and the attorney um, reviewed it. I can tell you that the, the attorney in Orland uh, you know, said that the, the county's kind of notorious for using like uh, construction contracts for everything, even things that don't, that aren't, aren't uh, similar projects at all, obviously, which ours does not involve anything like that. So it's really um, just more that there's a lot of language in there that doesn't apply to us. But I, I think, you know, we didn't have any concerns with being able to, to do what we need to do. Thank you. <clears throat> Yeah, this is the, um, the funding is definitely uh, to our benefit. It's going to cover staff time that we would have been in the library, for example, anyway. So, yeah, that won't be an issue. And my final question is um, 6D. Since that's a resolution, should that be a roll call vote? That would be yeah. the opt-in for uniform construction cost accounting. Does that need to be a roll call vote or resolution? We don't think it needs to be a roll call okay. vote. It can just be part of the For the audience, it's, that's, uh, it simplifies the city's purchasing process for lower amounts, like we, what we just went through with the city um, HVAC that was broke. Um, staff limit is 60000 but those expenditures are still come to the council. The so the way it the way it works is actually city forces can do up to sixty thousand dollars worth of work. Um, the the any any purchase of materials or equipment would still come back to the council, as well as construction contracts up to two hundred thousand. I mean everything would still come back to the council. It's the procedure that we have to go through to advertise the project that it just gets expedited. But the council, uh, we didn't word this so staff has the authority to approve anything more than we currently do on our purchasing okay. ordinance. So. No, no, it, it simply, actually, if, if anything, it cuts some of, the, I mean, it's a minor cost, but it, it cuts some of the costs that we have to go through in order to advertise. Yes. yes. Mr. Mayor, if I may. Yes. In reference to 60, I, I do like the language that uh, it pertains to, it, you know, it won't exceed the current city manager's signing authority. So I think I'm very comfortable with that language okay. in the resolution. So thank you. Final thing is uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor Vodna and myself met with Sherry Brott and we had a nice long conversation about um, her vision for the city and I think she'll make an excellent planning commissioner. Anybody else? I agree. <laughs> May I entertain a motion? 
Second the motion, Mr. Mayor. I have a motion to approve the consent calendar by Vice Mayor Budden, seconded by Councilmember Hoffing. Hansen, excuse me. Told you it's not all working today. <clears throat> Any further discussion? <clears throat> all those in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. <clears throat> public hearing. All matters in this section of the agenda are formal public hearings and will be acted on individually. Once the mayor opens the public hearing, members of the public may request to speak. When you are called on by the mayor, please state your name clearly for the audio recording. If you have documentation that you'd like to distribute to the council, please give it to the clerk for distribution. General plan update, North Valley Indian Health Rezone. Yes, um, so the, the item that is before the council is a um, to redesignate five parcels from office and professional to general commercial and to rezone those five parcels uh, from RP multiple residential professional office district to CC or central commercial. Um, this is um, an application and request by the North Valley Indian Health Organization. Ultimately, their goal is to, um, in the next phase, merge all five parcels and look at building a parking lot, which will provide more off-street parking for their existing facility, as well as a new clinic, um, and also be able to provide ADA um, parking as well, which I believe they don't have right now. Um, so that's the long-term future plan. This is the first step in that, the uh, rezone and redesignation, and uh, it was recommended at the Planning Commission for approval by the council. And I was told that there might be somebody here from North Valley Indian Health. Is there someone here who could also maybe help answer any questions about the future of uh, those five parcels if the council's interested? That's, it's pretty straightforward. That concludes my presentation. Thank you. Okay, so at 6.15, I'll open the public hearing. Anybody wishing to speak on this subject? Please. Yes, please do. Joshua Langs. I'm with. Uh, I'm representing Northern Valley Indian Health today, and here uh, uh, some questions. So, uh, what we're looking at is a two-story behavioral health building that we're putting on two of the parcels, and one, the, large, the other larger parcel we're going to have a parking lot on uh, to correct some of the uh, some of the uh, ADA parking that we currently have. That said, we don't have. We do have ADA parking. So the ADA parking that we will establish should be on the building itself for the new building. Um, questions? Excuse me? We're still working with engineers and architects to see how big the building's gonna be. From what we know from the building, we can dedicate who, how many staff's gonna be. Anyone hearing none, I will close the public hearing at 617. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Pleasure of the council. Comments? Yeah, yeah Mr. Mayor, uh, Northern Valley Indian Health has been a, an excellent partner. They're a major employer here. They provide excellent medical services across the board. And uh, their uh, proposed expansion has only cleaned up some 
very derelict properties. So I commend them for that. I think this is a win-win for, for uh, the firm and for the city of Willows. So thank you, Mr. Mayor. Pleasure to council. Now you got to read the top of the. His. Give me the what I gave you. Thank you. <coughs> so we have a motion to approve the resolution as read by Councilmember Vaden. Second. Second. Oh, good. Nope. Second by Go Councilmember. Yeah, that's fine. Hudson. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Or is it a roll call vote? Unanimous. This is just a first reading. We're going to bring this back again on the 24th for final vote and approval of the resolution. Okay. So. <clears throat> Discussion and action calendar. All matters in this section of the agenda are discussed and will be acted on individually. Individuals wishing to address the city council concerning any of these items are invited to make oral comments up to three minutes at this time. Please address your comments to the mayor or council members and not to staff or the audience when the mayor calls for public comment. Please raise your hand to be acknowledged. While not required, the city requests that you state your name clearly for the audio recording. <laughs> By state law, the council is not permitted to take any action not, or discussion that may on any item not appearing on the posted agenda. If you have documentation you'd like to distribute to the city council, please deliver it to the city clerk here in Willows. 8A, award of contract. Closed circuit TV, inspection of the city sewer main. Mr. Mayor and Council Members, um, for almost as long as I've been here, which has been since 2008, um, there have been a number of problems in the city sewer system. And we've known that there's been a lot of deficiencies. As a matter of fact, back in 2011, the then Public Works Director, Greg Tyhurst, and I um, went through and made a, made a list and came up with almost 8,000 feet of uh, sewer main that we knew that had an issue. And since then, um, that actually has grown to 9,000 uh, feet. And what had happened back in 2011 is we had done a cost estimate, and what we were trying to do is use uh, a certain amount every year to begin to chip away at, at fixing those problems. And I think we got either one or two projects into it, and then that stopped due to lack of funding. So in 2021, um, we went back through, kind of refurbished the list. It's about 9,000 feet of sewer line that we feel needs to be replaced. And on top of that, um, it was estimated at about 
3.5 million in 2021, and that was only the, the, the most severe lines that uh, we were talking about at that time. So also about that time, we adopted um, new sewer rates a couple of years ago, as well as we refinanced some of the sewer uh, bonds for the wastewater treatment plant. And we ended up with a surplus of about $3 million that was gonna be used for um, fixing our sewer system. Originally, staff's thought was we were gonna take that $3 million and parlay it as matching funds and go after a much, much bigger project um, for instance, going after uh, state revolving fund monies where we would get part grant, part matching fees. And so uh, I'm not going to say it was set aside, but we were basically planning on doing that. And we actually filed an application with state revolving fund uh, for water quality for about $750,000 to CCTV our entire collection system. And during that process, what we found out is that the city qualifies as a disadvantaged community and we no longer need matching funds uh, to qualify for that. It, it would be a 100% grant. So what that ended up doing is freeing up um, the monies that we thought we were going to have to use for matching monies to now do actual sewer projects. So we've got a number of projects planned. We've got uh, upgrading of our five sewer lift stations. But one of the other main things that we wanted to do is uh, get to some of these high-priority sewer lines and to give you some example of how bad the system leaks is uh, it was about a year or two ago we had a very severe storm in December been very dry up to that point and we had a pretty significant storm and overnight our flows into the sewer treatment plant doubled just from that one storm when the ground water was dry so we've got a pretty significant problem so what staff uh, wants to do besides pursuing the lift station project is we wanted to get a grasp on what we were going to have to do with respect to replacing some of these sewer mains. And the best way to do that is actually um, certain contractors have cameras that they're actually able to put down in the sewer line. They go in CCTV and you can see where the defects are and what type they are. And the reason why that's needed is because once you know the defects, it kind of dictates the method of which you could repair the pipe. And it, you can do it either inexpensively and non-invasive all the way up to completely remove and replace. So CCTVing is, is one of the key elements to be able to tell us what has to be done to repair some of these pipes. So given that, uh, staff put together <clears throat> a bid package, or an RFP actually, a request for proposal, and we sent it out to uh, four firms in the Central Valley <clears throat> that we know have done municipal CCTV work uh, and of those four uh, bids or where we had uh, proposals submitted uh, at the end of July and August, and we actually only received one, and that was from NorCal Pipelines. And it was for a total bid of $13,210 to CCTV, about 9,000 feet of sewer line. And that works out to about $1.46 per lineal foot. I can tell you... Um, because I'm a consultant, uh, I've, I just got done having them CCTV 22,000 lineal feet of main, and their cost for that was $2.50 a foot. So even though we only got one proposal, I can tell you that this is an extremely competitive price. Um, and I have confirmed that uh, with them as far as what's included in that. 
So based on that, what staff is recommending is that we approve a contract with NorCal Pipeline Services to do the CCTV inspection of about 9,000 feet of sewer line, and then also establishing a 10% contingency of $1,300 to bring a total estimated project cost of $14,510. If this is approved tonight, we'll go ahead and have them do that, and I would say the work is probably going to take a couple of months because they go through and do the work, and then they actually give us a report, as well as uh, DVD videos of the whole system. And then once we get that, um, we're going to evaluate, <coughs> review the report, review the CCTV, figure out what has to be done to each one of the sewer lines, and then proceed forward um, with uh, getting a design contract uh, to repair those lines, given the method that we have. And this is, this is something that's absolutely needed before we get into the design. So um, I know that's, that's a bit of information, but uh, I would be more than happy to answer any questions. Thank you. I have a couple of questions. Um, John, thank you very much for your presentation here on this. Um, I wasn't on the council, but correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like I thought we'd let a similar contract to something called NextGen or something like that. I don't remember specifically. Was it the same, same activity or was that a no. different? Um, so NextGen, we had given them a contract to evaluate all five of our lift stations, uh -huh. which they did, and the wastewater treatment plant, which they did. And based on their report, we're actually uh, preparing a, a request for a proposal right now to upgrade all five sewer, sewer lift stations. Oh, and that was the project that that's I right. mentioned. Thank you actually. for memory on that. The other thing, um, if I recall, when I got onto the ad hoc committee that was created for the sewer fund back in 19, 2019, and if I recall correctly, mm -hmm. the system that we had then at that time, staff was maintaining the in-town portion of the, of the sewer. It seems like, if I recall correctly, that about every year we cleaned out something like north of 20% or 25% of the sewer, that over a four-year, five-year period of time that you lose about 50% of the capacity because the grease builds up in the, in the bottom. So my question is, have we already cleaned this, this section so that they can actually see what um, they want to see? Their work actually involves their... Part of their scope of work is they have to clean the mains that they're going to CCTV, and then they come in immediately after that and, and do the CCTV work. Okay. Last question. It seems to me, especially at this um, the economical price here, to, uh, from your perspective on this, and since you've got the grant or now that we, we're qualified for other stuff, I would hope that they would immediately take another section. I'm assuming you picked the oldest or some of maybe the worst area we did. of the city first. We did. And then I would suggest then we go right to the next step, to the next step, to the next step. Yeah, what, what we're actually waiting on now, we, we submitted a grant application to State Revolving Fund, excuse me, for $750,000, and that was more than enough to clean and video the entire sewer system. So this is, this is going to only cover about... 9,000 feet of it, but there's tens of thousands of feet that we have to do on top of this. Right. We're waiting to hear from the state because if we do get that um, particular grant, it'll pay for 100% of this and we won't have to use any of the, any of the $3 million. And, and I can tell you that $3 million is going to go very fast once we identify the lines that have to be replaced. But the intent is we'll deal with this 9,000 feet now. We hope to hear from the state within the next couple of months 
if they award us that contract, we'll move forward with CCTVing the entire sewer system. And then there, there is absolutely no promise, and I, I want to couch uh, to be careful with what I'm about to say to the council, but when we were applying for the CCTV work, the state said, well, you know, we're okay with going after planning, but we typically like a construction project to follow that, so why don't you add somewhere between 15 to $30 million to your <laughs> application to repair all your lines? Okay. So we did. Ah. So we've got a phase two, I believe, that the consultant's helping us. We have, a, we have an earmarked of about $15 million, that if we're able to get that, obviously that would be incredibly significant. Okay. But I don't know that we're gonna hear on that right away we're certainly hoping to hear on the cctv work but if we can get grant funding to repair a huge portion of our sewer system that's just going to be incredible all right perfect one last huge. question I, I said the last one but i promise this will be the last one so you and i are both we talked about it earlier this morning down on juniper drive where we're taking out a lateral and so on so as you tv these these mains, are you able to look at the conditions of the laterals as well to know if any of those need to be replaced at the same time? Um, the, the CCTV work will, um, as it goes through the sewer line, the camera will pick up the locations of where the laterals come in and they actually rotate the cameras and they, they look, they can look at the connection where the, the sewer laterals come in and they generally can look at that, but they don't, they don't send anything up the lateral. And because those laterals are um, privately owned, meaning the property owner owns the sewer lateral from their house all the way to the connection at the main. Mm -hmm. um, you know, technically those are, those are portions of private lateral. So we look at the condition of where the lateral comes into the main, uh, but beyond that, up the laterals, we, we, don't, no, no. we don't send cameras. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any other questions from the council? Uh, yeah. yeah, Mr. Mayor, just, just, uh, just a comment. Uh, uh, John Wanger, our very capable and competent, well-qualified uh, city engineer. Thank you, John, for, for the thorough uh, report. Okay. Was you the last year or year before we had discussion in open session about the CCTV grant, pursuing the grant? Mm -hmm. And at that time, and, and at previous times also, just want to remind the council uh, mm -hmm. and the public that approximately 60% of our sewer mains underneath the city of Willows are 100-plus years old and failing. Right. And this uh, 9,000 plus linear foot list is just the beginning, correct, correct. John? Absolutely correct. It's going to be a long list of, of needed repairs uh, just because of age. So, uh, I, you know, this is obviously something that uh, we definitely need to approve tonight. So thank you again, John. You're welcome. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just have a curiosity question. When they're doing their inspection, their TV thing, is it going to cut down on or cut anybody off from being able to use their no. facilities or is it? No. Okay. Um, they will, when they clean the lines, they're generally going to notify people, hey, we're cleaning these lines. It usually has zero impact because what they do when they clean the lines is they'll, they'll uh, run a water jet, you know, that just flushes mm -hmm. things out. Sometimes they'll use what's called a chain flare, which is a mechanism that kind of spins. If, if there's roots, it'll cut the roots out. Um, but no, it doesn't, the, the, <laughs> there's no downtime it, for the homeowner. No, it's actually, uh, it's, it, honestly, it's a little bit disgusting reviewing <laughs> these videos because you're actually watching live sewage as the camera's going through. So there's okay. actually, the, the lines are live. Okay. Getting hit. No, I was just curious <laughs> if there was going to be any downtime for. Yeah, no, okay. no, there shouldn't be. 
Yeah, it's a fun thing to do if you want to call him sometime. <laughs> no, sir, bring your, bring your uh, lunch. That could be your lunch. Yeah, I've had my plumbing experiences. <laughs> okay. Who wishes to make the motion? Mr. Mayor, I move that the resolution entitled a resolution of the City Council of the City of Willows authorizing the City Manager to sign a contract with NorCal Pipeline Services for CCTV work on various city sewer mains and approve an overall budget for the project be adopted. I'll second. Have motion by Councilmember Hansen, seconded by Councilmember Sprague. Further discussion? Have it offered the opportunity to speak from the uh, public. I should have done that. I apologize. Anybody wish to speak? Hearing none. All those in favor? Oh, we need a roll call vote. Councilmember Hansen? Aye. Councilmember Hudson? Aye. Councilmember Sprague? Aye. Vice Mayor Vaden? Aye. Mayor Thomas? Aye. That's unanimous, sir. Motion carries. <coughs> 8B. Fiscal emergency and sales tax ballot measure. This will be a fun conversation. Not. Good evening, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Council members. Um, so the agenda item that is before you um, was requested by Mayor Thomas um, in light of the city's current fiscal situation. Starting in as early as March, um, staff started talking about structural deficit the city was facing, which was between four and $500,000. Um, we had a workshop in March during the mid-year budget review, April, May, and again in June. And at all those meetings, it was discussed and um, brought up by both uh, myself and by our finance consultant, Andy Heath. Um, and we went forward with the budget and knew we were gonna have to continue to have conversations about revenue generation and cost-saving measures. Um, and in June, also, the negotiation started with the uh, Sheriff's Office for Law Enforcement Services and a new contract. Um, and the proposal, the first proposal from the Sheriff was for an increase in the contract from what was in the approved budget by the Council of about $1.62 million to uh, about $2.57 million. So about a $950,000 jump for this fiscal year. That as Exhibit B shows you attached to the staff report, that brings the structural deficit up based on the financial forecasting model that our consultant Andy Heath created of a range of a new structural deficit between 1.4 and $1.6 million. And that will be effective starting the next fiscal year in 24-25. Um, so we basically would be out of general fund reserve um, in about a year. Um, so. Uh, it stands to reason that we need an immediate injection of revenue generation and um, while the long-term goals of increasing housing and the growth of the city and economic development certainly need to occur, um, it's not really enough time given the pressing issues, financial situation of the city that is, you know, um, right now, immediate. And so the proposal is to declare a fiscal emergency and to uh, put a one place a one cent sales tax measure on the March ballot. Um, if the council desires it, I can certainly, if at some point it becomes appropriate, walk um, everyone through the timeline of our negotiations with the sheriff's office and uh, kind of more detail about how we got here. I know the council is all aware of it. I don't know if it's necessary, but certainly 
I'm capable of doing that if you so desire at some other point. That concludes my presentation, unless you have any additional questions for myself or the city attorney. We both worked on this staff report and resolution and ordinance and the exhibits as well together. So. I will offer this to those in the present that uh, we have a meeting with the sheriff on Friday. We were, he's been out of, he was unavailable tomorrow or Thursday or even Monday or today. So we will be meeting with him on Friday. Uh, it is our hope and expectation that we can uh, at least move forward and not have him pull the plug on us for, for uh, sheriff services. I know he stood in our, on our uh, lobby at this podium and said that he would not let City of Willows go without police services. So we're hoping that we can hold him to that and we can come to uh, a conclusion. We offered some concessions at, a, at our last, Marty's last meeting with the undersheriff and we had not gotten a reply before we got our notice of cancellation letter. So uh, we do expect it's going to cost more than when the $1.6 million, I think we offered him a 1.78, uh, adding additional deputy and some other folks. <coughs> but the ongoing deficit that we're facing is needs to be fixed. And economic growth, which is something that I'm very anxious to see happen and want to work towards, that's not going to happen anytime where it's going to generate revenue in time for us to survive. So as much as I do not like sales tax increases, much as I don't like additional taxes, um, I was elected to make sure that we do what's best for the city. And this is, in my opinion, what's best for the city. So I'll defer to the council, let council members have have a comment, and then we'll ask for public comment. I have a question, uh, Mr. Mayor. Um, I understand that there's a sense of emergency on this and uh, whatnot, so uh, I can appreciate the fact that it took a little while to be able to get this information that's attached to the agenda to, the, to us as well and to the general public, but I have a, a question of the city attorney. Um, I discussed this morning with the county clerk her drop dead time on getting information from us as a city is is november 14th correct that gives us better than a month to be able to put this together my concern is is a couple things number one my question to you is are we in violation of the brown act by putting publicizing this last month uh, last week but not having the backup information until this morning which is less than 24 hours before the meeting no, no. We're not in violation of that? No. no. Okay. I would suggest, Mr. Mayor, that it would be prudent if there's an effort to try and convince the, uh, the taxpayers that this is something that is, in fact, necessary. And, in fact, we do have better than a month before you have to have the paperwork to the clerk. I might suggest that we hold another special meeting that discusses this particular item only, allowing the public to take a look at the the uh, paperwork and the narrative and the resolution and so on and so forth and allow them to come up with questions that they might have that we could then field those questions. I have to be frank with you, um, previous city councils and being able to do this type of stuff in the past has made it very difficult for this new city council to deal with. There's a great deal of, of concern and lack of credibility, to be frank with you, on um, as one person put it to me as I was walking in. You got a freight train running through the 
city council pushing this through? Um, in other words, can you hear the wheels or hear the wheels turning and the and the whistles blowing on this? So I would recommend that um, we could further discuss this if you like, but I would certainly move it to another meeting. I, I understand the urgency. I would not suggest that we hold it to, uh, hold it over till the next regular meeting, but I certainly would suggest that we hold an, a separate uh, special meeting for this particular item. If I may just respond, um, give more information. Um, I have been in contact with the county elections office, and um, she did give the November 14th date as a drop-dead date. She asked that that be at all costs the last date that we get anything to her. She obviously would like anything the sooner the better. Right. Um, and so um, that is why uh, staff prepared this as quickly as we could, um, given that information from the county clerk's office. Um, and if the uh, council does look on page five of the uh, ordinance, or the proposed ordinance, section 16, um, there is a sales tax oversight board clause in the or proposed ordinance for the very reason that council member Sprague uh, mentioned that the public would have um, more of a voice and a say in, in the sales tax and what, um, and to uh, feel like their voice is heard um, if and when the, the tax uh, was imposed. Um, but this is just on, I wanted to um, kind of explain this because it was um, just given to the council and posted today. Um, and again, we've been working on it over the weekend, that's why. Right. Um, but uh, ultimately, it's on today for the resolution to be passed so that we can give um, the information to the elections office to put it on and consolidate it for the March um, ballot. To do that, we need the resolution to pass for the fiscal emergency to be declared and to be put on for the March ballot. Um, and then the electoral uh, votes need to be passed by a majority of the votes in March, on March 5th. Super so, majority or 55%? Just a majority. So just over 50%. 50% plus one, essentially. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yes, kind of. Okay. Not plus one, but yes. All right. It's well, let not a technical a term. Let me take a big giant step backwards then. If, if, if we're not going to move this over to another uh, a subsequent meeting, then I've got several questions, not the least of which is talking well, I, about this oversight committee. I just wanted to give that information so that you know what, we're, what we are asking today. It's not right. to pass a tax, it's not for the ordinance to put on the ballots for the resolution to, um, to declare that um, fiscal emergency so that we can put the ordinance on the ballot in March, consolidate it to March for that reason. Okay, um, but again, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but can't all that, all of that needs to be presented to them before the 11th of November, or the 14th of November, not next week, right? That is correct. Okay. Um, and again, we can certainly have, we have a whole month until we need to present this to the elections office. But she did ask that we get it to her as soon as possible. Okay. And that's why we're getting it to the council as soon as possible. 
Well, again, not to diminish the, the perceived need for this, um, but again, I would recommend just to be able to get a, a sense of credibility with the public is that we have a special meeting for this. I might even suggest um, not to diminish the city manager's uh, explanation or any of the council members' explanation on the budget. But the expert that we have in the house right now, I think, is Mr. Andy Heath that might be able to field some of those questions that would be coming from the general public better than any of us might. And that would give us, again, the public the opportunity to be able to ask an expert on some of these line items and, and better questions and, and I, better answers that they might be seeking. And I think that um, might not be able to happen, though, before November 14th. That might be something that can happen before March, certainly. I see. And we would want that information for the voters before March, but I don't know if that would need to happen before we we put it on the ballot. Okay. If, if, the, if the council and the public have questions, certainly we can. Uh, I can get answers to those questions from Andy, but he does work about 98% of the time remotely for the city, and uh, he does have a pretty uh, challenging schedule, so I don't know that I could physically get him here for a meeting, certainly before November 14th, but I could, in writing, get some answers to questions from him. Okay, very good, thank you. Anyway, that's my recommendation. If the recommendation doesn't fly, then I've got a, several questions I would ask of, of staff at this point. <clears throat> Gary? Evan? No, I think my understanding is we're essentially declaring the fiscal emergency, so we have the option to put this on the ballot. This doesn't necessarily put it directly on the ballot. What you've given us is essentially a rough draft so far, or is this the final what is going to be given out? So the resolution... So, to, so what would happen um, is what, what rec staff is recommending is that you pass the resolution um, and before November 14th. And that resolution would, number one, declare a fiscal emergency for the city of Willows. Mm -hmm. And once you declare a fiscal emergency for the city of Willows, that, in essence, allows you to put this rush on the March ballot. Okay. Um, so yes, this would be the ordinance. Now, you can certainly change the ordinance if that's not the ordinance that you want to put on the March ballot. But that all needs to happen before November 14th. November 14th. Okay. If that answers your question. Yeah, so this is still can be amended up until November 14th. Correct. Okay. That was, yes, that was my question. Okay. Was this at least gets the ball started and yes. it's trying to... Okay. Exactly. Yeah, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, yeah. Evan uh, just helped answer one of my questions, major questions. You know, this is this is step one of a process, and obviously, the, you know, if if this is approved tonight, the city will be uh, presenting, uh, you know, you know, the uh, our case, if you will, for the, the the purposes to the public, to the voting public, uh, uh, what we're asking for, and we, you know, that will. This gets, a, this gets a measure on the ballot, and the voters, the city of Willows, will have an opportunity to either uh, approve it or deny it at the March uh, you know, election, right? Exactly. So there will be ample opportunity for discussion and for information. Uh, I'm assuming, I, I would imagine, with town hall, you know, a town hall approach from the city of Willows. Uh, it doesn't concern me at all. 
Mayor Thomas uh, said it well. We, you know, we we find ourselves, and it's a long brewing uh, uh, revenue bind. Uh, we're not the only city. Uh, uh, look around us. Every almost every city around us has a sales tax measure. Uh, Williams, Corning, uh, Orland, uh, Chico. Uh, Pretty much every city except except Reading, I believe. Reading and, and Yuba City. Yuba City. Every other city, and I uh, believe Calusa County also, if I if I remember correctly, correct. also has a sales tax measure. And there's a reason for it. It, it. You know, we're all in the same boat. We're all in a similar boat. You know, different in you know different you know slightly different circumstances, but you know it, it it's our it's our duty to provide the vital city services to the citizens who deserve them. Um, and, Obviously, including paramount public safety, law enforcement, and fire protection, but public works infrastructure. Even even look at our front office situation now with with the recent vacancies, and they were they were you know people leaving city employment. Uh, we're we're having trouble just attracting uh, uh, qualified in, in individuals for uh, for uh, several several vacancies within the city. We, you know, we can't afford to pay what, what other what other jurisdictions are paying, and it's a it's a revenue issue. So, I strongly uh, endorse putting this before the voters. And uh, Rick said it. Rick said uh, my sentiments as well. I don't like tax increases, you know, either. But uh, if you're shopping, the old argument that uh, people will stop shopping in Willows doesn't fly because people haven't stopped shopping in Chico, and they've got a sales tax measure among these other cities. It just doesn't fly anymore. Uh, it's, it's survival. So we need to, we need to uh, uh, jump on the survival train and, and, and try to right our ship here uh, with out-of-control inflation. I mean, obviously, we, we're talking about you know, the cost of law enforcement services going up, but the cost of everything is going up, not just law enforcement services, uh, everything. So we, you know, we need to be proactive. And, and puts it out to the voters and let the voters decide what, what type of uh, city services that they want provided to them. So I'm in favor of, uh, of approving this resolution tonight and with step one of the process. And, uh, and uh, looking forward to further discussion with, uh, with our citizens in reference to this matter. So that's all I had. And thank you. Thank you, Gary. Uh, Ms. Walker and uh, Ms. Brown for your hard work and uh, long late night hours putting this together it's much much appreciated and it's a large project i do like uh, and the city attorney pointed out uh, section 16 with with the five member board to over you know if if this is uh, approved and if it ultimately the measure sales tax measure ultimately passes there will be a five member board of citizens of the city of willows as an oversight board in reference to the spending authority i think that's outstanding that's the way it should be Thank you, Mr. Mayor. That's all I had. Thank you, Gary. Mr. Budden. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I'm glad to see the draft. Thank you. Mr. Vaden. 
into the microphone, please. I can't hear you. I doubt if these good people. Yeah. It cancels out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, um, so, so that becomes the challenge. And I wanna say that based on our town hall meetings that we've been having, and I hope you will come to them on the Mondays before the uh, city council meetings, the reality I think for most of the people who will have to vote for this is that they see a financial emergency as we screwed up. I don't think they're sympathetic to the fact that we have a financial emergency. I think they're in fact quite cynical about the fact that we have a financial emergency. As uh, Councilman, uh, 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 Forrest Sprague has said, we have a really big trust issue. I have been exposed to many, many dialogues of people saying they don't trust, quote, government, but then they unfortunately are more specific than that. They don't trust the council, they don't trust this, they don't trust that. So if you, in a, with a, in a lack of trust, whatever we say is gonna to have to address some sort of a method or ability to regain trust. And, uh, and that's tough. But I think looking people in the eye and saying, number one, we have to do this. And number two, we will not spend this money on frivolous, unmanaged, silly, I don't like the word silly, things that you think we're going to. Because again, I was told, suggested, that even if we do approve this 1%, the city's citizens do, that in fact, it, it, the money will not be spent to the best interest of the citizens of Willows. So I, I think we have a major responsibility to speak to the trust issue to, uh, to get out in front of the people. And I'm going to ask, uh, uh, Evan's gonna to come to the next town hall meeting because we can only have two council members present. And we're gonna bring every council member that will come, because they can certainly say no to the town halls. I think that the city manager's gotta be out in the public, uh, on the streets and the sidewalks and in front of the people, looking them in the eye and saying, this is not about what happened, happened. We have a problem, we need the money to do this. It's in your best interest. We have to sell benefits, not cover or make up for mistakes. It's not about the past, it's about the future. We need the money to make a better future for you, I'm citizen of Willows, so that we can do these things, public service, safety, police, and so on, but also other kinds of things like recreation, like <coughs> the pool, and other projects like that, that show to the citizens that this money we're going to ask them to pay will go to good things and they, and we, they have to trust us. You have to believe when we say that, that we mean it and that we will do it. So I don't mean to, to lecture or to uh, go off on this, but you know I've been around and heard and listened. We have to spend time, effort, and energy. It is not because we need the money that people are gonna vote for it. They're going to vote for it because it's good for them and we have to prove that we're gonna make it good for them and they have to believe us. That's my speech. Thank you. Great. I'll add one more thing if I may. Um, in 2000 and 2014, I was a resident of Orland, 
And I don't know how many people have said, look what Orland's got going on up there. Well, they passed their sales tax a while back, and they're actually flourishing and doing quite well. I think we could do the same. 1% sales tax or one cent per th- <clears throat> is a is dollar per hundred. So if you spend $100 of taxable items a week, that's $4 a month, $52 a year <clears throat> for better uh, services from the city for recreation, those sort of things, police protection, fire protection, all of that. It certainly is well worth it for where I live, and I'm hoping you folks will agree with it. So we'll stop and ask for public comment. Who's first? <clears throat> yeah, my name's Steve Moss, and uh, I like the fact that there's going to be an oversight committee on it, but I was wondering whether or not you guys have given any thought into uh, a sunset on it, whether or not there's a mechanism where it has to be voted on every four years, when if it doesn't get approved, it goes away. That gives everybody a voice on it instead of just the committee. And that was my only thought on it. Thank you. Thank you. Push that microphone up a little bit, Vince, when you get there. Well, not quite that far. Not, not away from you. Up to uh, Vince Hovick, just two comments. One is, when was the last sales tax increase that the city of Will has had? And how much has inflation increased since that has happened? And the other one is, I, I agree about the sunset clause. In a sense, if we could stop inflation in four years, then we could stop the taxes in four years. So I think it's a... No, it's a tough two-edged sword, isn't it? Yes, it is. But if, if I knew when the last sales tax was, it's just for last the sales audience, tax would have been when the state increased it from what six percent to seven and a quarter. Seven and a quarter. Do you know what year? I mean, just for the audience and the community. I don't think I was a voter. What? Not that long yeah. ago. No, know. it's been quite a while, so I just thought that information should get out. Well, and, and, Doug, if I may, you make a good point about sharing that information with the public. I don't think it's been said, but the uh, estimated income from this 1% tax increase is $2.4 million, 2 to $2.4 million. So you should know that as, as to what we're going to get and, what, and then hold us accountable for what we do with it. Mr. Ross. Doug Ross, D-O-U-G-R-O-S-S of the Sacramento Valley Mirror. Uh, I wonder if it could be uh, clarified. Um, every time I sit down to write an article about the distinction between the simple majority and the supermajority, um, I have to uh, go to reference uh, somewhere. To clarify. I wonder if it could be clarified tonight. Um, the uh, last time around, uh, the uh, supermajority was required, as I remember, um, and it failed because it failed to gain a two-thirds margin, but it did uh, exceed the 50% requirement. Uh, my memory serves me correctly. Uh, uh, the uh, supermajority is required for a use and transactions tax, tax in which um, the, uh, excuse me, in which the uh, uh, what it's going to be spent on is uh, laid out, whereas the simple majority is um, that it doesn't have to be uh, specified as if where it's going to go or be with the simple majority. Uh, there are th restrictions on what it can't be spent on. However, what I'm requesting is that um, either the city attorney or whomever 
um, articulate articulate the difference this evening between what the difference is between having a simple majority and a supermajority thing on the ballot. And I presume this one would be a simple majority if it goes through onto the ballot as opposed to the one that previously failed that was two-thirds. Thank you. Well, I could address part of that because some of the discussion would be for, is it for police? Is it for fire? Is it for recreation? Is it for um, better facilities throughout the city? Each one of those things are valid and, and are important things that we would need. I don't think we can limit it because I think if we could generate a $2.4 million, $2 million increase, we would have the ability to, to gainfully impact the services we provide for each one of those areas. So, and Mayor, this is a, this will be a general tax, so you are correct. It's a simple majority. It'll be fifty. Per, it'll need to pass by fifty percent, um, as they norm, as they say in uh, everyday speech, plus one, which is fifty point zero 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 one percent of the vote, which is a majority of the vote of the voters. Um, it will pass, and the use doesn't need to be specified. So. The city can use it for um, any use. I think that the city knows what it needs to use it for, and we'll be telling and explaining that and educating the, the city voters of what they need to, or what the city needs to use the money for. Um, but as far as needing to specify in the ordinance or specify um, specifically what that money goes to. It is not a special tax and, and the city is not required to <coughs> to specify what it is going to in the ordinance itself. And if I could just add to that um, in a little more detail. So the nearly half a million dollar structural deficit that really started to reveal itself, let's say, um, in early 2023 um, is in part to salaries and benefits of employees that we have added to the budget in every department just about so um, and then of course there's the new nearly million dollars for law enforcement so the structural deficit covers and touches the entire organization from community development to the finance department to recreation um, it, it touches everything um, so there isn't really any good reason to make it a special sales tax. It really needs to be a general tax because, like I said, it's touching every aspect of the organization. When I started with the City of Willows in August of 2021, there were 12 budgeted full-time employees and the rest were contractors. During the first 15 months I was here, there were never, there were never more than 11 actually active full-time employees. There was one vacancy the entire time. In June of 2022, uh, the prior council approved a budget allowing for an additional five full-time employees. We were below minimum staffing levels, in my professional opinion, when we were at 12 budgeted FTEs. 18 is barely minimum staffing. As I told the mayor earlier this evening, I'm going to have to close City Hall early on Friday because I don't have enough cover, uh, counter coverage. It's those kinds of things that uh, really do impact the city. And it's, you know, further explanation of why we are where we are. Um, 
we barely were able to um, provide city services when there were 12 full-time budgeted employees. I mean, we had a long-time vacancy in fire. We had a vacancy, a long-time vacancy in um, the finance department, long-time vacancy in the community development department with the city engineer here one day a week like he is now, acting as the interim uh, community development department director. This time he and I have split that position. He's doing more of public works because my background is in community development. I'm over more of planning, building, and code enforcement. Um, so we're trying to divvy that up because that's a lot for a person one day a week to do. There's plenty here that, and services that are critical to the city that need to be provided um, with a general sales tax. And with a nearly 1.5, 1.6 million structural deficit, um, I think a one cent sales tax is, it makes a lot of sense for the city because even after we fix the structural deficit, potentially rebuilding an entire police department, we don't really actually know yet how much that's actually gonna cost. And as um, Vince spoke of earlier, inflation doesn't seem to be going away. So I think that there is no other choice than a general sales tax for the city. So if I may uh, respond to our city manager, Marty, um, I'm gonna think about how to get this passed. And one of the things I will share with you that any reference, inference, or suggestion that we're gonna use this money to add to the governmental bureaucracy will simply turn people away and off. We need to, to, to provide to these people something for their money and whether we need it or not, right or wrong, they will not be sympathetic to adding to the bureaucracy of the city of this of Willows or anywhere. Mr. Mayor, if I, whoop, I'm sorry, I didn't hear. I'm sorry. Is he not done? Yes. best as I can say it, I wasn't questioning uh, the need or the uh, intended uses. I was merely asking a structural legal clarification of, uh, uh, I understand the difference between the, the uh, simple majority version and the supermajority version of the two uh, things, but I wasn't asking for a justification of the need or anything else. Uh, as a journalist, there has been a recurring confusion that I've perceived in the public mind. Uh, that uh, they don't understand uh, does the 50% uh, plus one, whatever it's called, the, the, the general tax, uh, uh, free the government entity to spend it on what it wants, and does the two-thirds uh, require a uh, uh, an articulated lock-in before of what it's going to be spent on before the voting takes place? I want to clarify, I wasn't asking, I wasn't directing my question to the need for it or not, or what it would be spent on. I just wanted for the public clarification for them to know why even have a 50% versus a 67 To answer your question, is yes. Do you answer? Mm -hmm. Yes. And what was the yes? I'm sorry. Yes. So the 50.1 the allows us to, to put the money where it's needed for the city, the whether city. it be for law enforcement, whether it be for a better street maintenance, better, you know, repair some of our sidewalks Disc that are so horribly broken. Yes, those sort of things we area. need money to do. That allows us to spend the money there where the city needs it. 
Yes, I've, I, I've got what a you're special saying. tax on two thirds says it can only be used for a recreation or it can only be used for uh, law enforcement. It can only be used for this. Right. So I might uh, correct it in receiving what you're saying that um, the 50% plus one thing is discretionary on the part of the government entity and the 67% or whatever it is, 66 and two thirds. Uh, the intended uses of it articulated prior to the balloting. Correct. Is that correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. correct. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? And Mr. Mayor, it appears by the discussion that my idea of postponing this and moving on is, is not going to fly. So if I might, I'm going to be the skeptic in the room, not to be argumentative, but to take a look and make sure that we're looking at some of these other items that are coming to my attention that I'd like to point out if we're going to continue to discuss this tonight. So if we are, if I may continue. Okay, so since we're doing that. First off, I've got to point out to the audience especially so that they understand this, what we have discovered two years ago that the then city council and, and um, finance director and the city manager at that time, they were actually spending out of the sewer fund, which is one of those lockbox funds that, that Mr. Ross was referring to, that is specifically to be spent on only that particular service. But what we discovered over the last 20 plus years that the city was actually using those funds out of the sewer fund that were specifically earmarked specifically for the sewer, we're spending as much as three hundred to $400,000 a year out of the sewer fund for general fund activity. <coughs> so when we did this last study, the then city council did the last study in 2021, if I recall, that practice stopped. So as a result of that, what we're dealing with now is we have substantially less money than what the city had before for some of the discretionary spending that, that Mr. Ross is bringing up. So there's where some of the problem is. Um, having said that, though, there's a, a couple of things that I need to have clarity on here. We've already clarified that this is a simple majority, 50% plus one, for this to pass with the public. This resolution for tonight, if I read it correctly, needs four-fifths of the vote. Four of us need to vote in favor. That's correct. And I'm assuming all those that people that are not only on my political left, but on my, my seating left here are probably going to vote for it. So I'll be up front. You're not going to get my vote for it on it, on it tonight. Uh, the other thing I'm concerned about is that we have... Um, it identifies here that this will cost the city to be about ten to $15,000 to place it on the budget. One of the things that Ms. Brown brought to the City of Willows when she first came here was a um, customer satisfaction survey that I think the city paid $40,000, $45,000 for that. When she presented that to the council, there was a backup effort um, associated with that particular item that was a $50,000 fee to be able to do some of the, let's say, advertising for trying to convince people that they were, it was a necessary thing for the sewer tax. Are we anticipating that we're going to have to spend that kind of money again to convince the buyer or the voters that they should vote for this, or are we just going to put it out there and let... That's a council decision. I don't know what the council, council... I haven't gotten any direction on that yet. Okay. That, that's fine. Um, other question that I've got here, let me look, I'm sorry. Um, 
this is going to take a unanimous, well, the resolutions say that this is a unanimous. Obviously, if I don't vote, obviously the, the resolutions are going to change um, from that in there. Um, I would like the attorney, if you would, or no, well, I'll, I'll just point this out. On, it's not a page number, it's attachment number one, specifically says that the city attorney shall prepare an impartial analysis of the measure not to exceed 500 words in length showing in effect the effect of the measure on the, exist on the existing law and the operation of the measure um, and transmit such impartial analysis to the county clerk, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my frustration with the last attempt, measure, um, measure, measure H, if I recall, it was put onto the ballot. There was an excellent um, analysis, impartial analysis by your predecessor. The problem was that on the pamphlet that comes out, that the voter's guide that comes out, that those, those analyses, whether they from the state or from other agencies that had proposals on the, whether it was a proposition or whatever, on the last page of the, uh, um, uh, the uh, uh, voter guide, was the end of that, and then it, it, it only went down about three quarters of the page, but the analysis given by the city's attorney at that time was on the very last page, two pages later. Nobody even saw that one. It was not, whether it was a typo or somebody doing something, but the point I'm getting at is if we're going to go forward with this, I would certainly that we would ensure that your impartial analysis gets put in an obvious place on the on the uh, voter guide that people will in fact read it because it was the very last thing and it looked like it nobody even saw it you had to turn the page to be able to see it very frustrating to many people that saw that a um, couple Council other Member things Sprague, here unfortunately that's probably up to the election office i know <laughs> i know and there was a lot of skepticism of why that might have happened too about it but nevertheless it's that type of thing <laughs> I also, and I know that this is probably uh, borrowed language, but at the top of page two on the, um, on the uh, resolution here, it talks about the transaction tax rate. This is very offensive to any of us that have retail businesses that we want to do. It identifies specifically, this is what it says, for the privilege of selling tangible personal property at retail. A tax is hereby imposed upon all retailers. I suggest to you that if you, any of you people business out here that have retail businesses, take a great deal of offense to somebody from the government suggesting that you have the privilege to do what you want to do. You have the right to do it, not the privilege to do it. Nevertheless, um, the other thing I do want to bring up, this is on the last page since it was a discussion, about the oversight committee. The oversight committee that was appointed or suggested in the last Measure H, I read that thoroughly, and it did have five people that would be appointed by the city council. But the language within their um, responsibilities gave them a great deal of autonomy, in my view, of determining, oh, let's, let's not do it for the fire people this time. Let's move it over here. Let's move it over here. 
I would like to think that we could craft some language for that oversight committee if we if we do um, create this and do 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 it that there isn't so much flexibility and autonomy in how five people decide that they want to see that we spend the money. There should be some sort of a check and balance to make sure that if we're, we're going to do this, because that particular measure was specifically set aside for the fire department, albeit some of the language that was in the, the, the fine print, if you will, gave a great deal of latitude. Yeah, and so, I, I can't say I've read that Right. Proposed ordinance. So yeah, I, I can't speak you, to that. You can't. I know you weren't here then. I understand that. But again, that would be one of. The, Are you saying that you don't like the language that's in this proposed ordinance, or you do like it? No, I like the idea of having. If we're going to do this, I'm not suggesting I'm supporting this. What I'm suggesting, if we are going to, if we do do it, that we tighten up the language that does not give those people autonomy. About. I understand, but there is a clause in there. Are you saying that that language is? I don't understand because I guess it's I, not adequate. Is that what you're saying? He doesn't like the word privilege. That, no, I, no, no, this I'm is beyond that. We're David, I'm on wrong. this the now. <laughs> the on clause this that, that is in there, I, my understanding is it does not give that much freedom for what you're speaking to. I agree. Okay. That's what I want to ensure That's that this clarifying. type of tight language remains in here as opposed to the very flexible language that ended up being on, on the. Well, well, I did not write that. Right, I know. And that. I do want to point out, you, were, you know, the council is elected to office, and therefore you have a fiduciary responsibility to actually manage and approve the budget. And this becomes part of the budget if the sales tax Correct. is approved. So you, you can't, you know, give that over to another body that right. wasn't elected. They can make recommendations to you, okay. but they can't actually approve anything. Okay. Uh, again, I just want to ensure that we're going to put somewhat of a lockbox on this and have some strong oversight over it. So. And again, the resolution that you would pass tonight is still not the ordinance that we would necessarily send by November 14th. I see, okay. Last but not least, um, I, I'm with you. I would have liked to have seen. Um, I do understand the idea that inflation doesn't stop, cost of living doesn't stop, et cetera, et cetera, but it would be nice to have some sort of a you were talking about earlier taxes. I got back from Vietnam just as soon as uh, Gary or um, Jerry Brown Brown was elected. We had a three and a half percent sales tax, but don't worry, this four percent is just temporary. 1974. <laughs> so, thank you for your indulgence, Mr. Mayor. Yes, if I may, I just just have a clarification to make, and it's in reference to Vice Mayor Bodden's. Uh, uh, you know, very, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with your comments that, that you made about, you know, you know, wasteful spending, hiring, hiring government employees, and also to, to our city manager, uh, uh, Ms. Brown's uh, 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 run-up with, with her comments in, in reference to the report and some questions. But just for clar clarification purposes, Marty mentioned the, the, the five additional employees that was approved by the, the previous council. Those were replacement positions that had long been vacant at great detriment to our, to our existing staff members who were being ran in the ground. Effective city services were not being, you know, uh, you know we, were, we were trying to save money, uh, cost-saving measures, extraordinary cost-saving measures. There, there was not one single position added. Those are replacement of, of a, uh, uh, a firefighter engineer position. Uh, several public works positions that was down to 
I believe, four staffers at the time. Uh, and now they're in a proactive mode with, with still minimal staffing, but, but at least they have uh, a couple of extra positions, uh, you know, in order to, to be uh, much more proactive with the ongoing maintenance issues of the city and also the, the finance department. So not one position was an extra position. Those were, those were uh, refunding long vacant positions. Uh, I just wanted to make that clarification. Thank you for so, reminding me of yes, that because uh, I don't have the longevity here no, that just, you, you know. Oh, absolutely. City, so. you, you came in in 2021 amidst all this and uh, you were handed, you know, you, the first day uh, you arrived here, you were short staffed and, <laughs> and you still are. I mean, we were, sure we, were, uh, we were adequately staffed on a minimal level for six or seven months and then we recently had vacancies again. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, thank you, Gary, for yeah. clarifying that. I yeah, appreciate so. it. My reference to uh, increasing the cost of government is for going forward and for selling the sales tax. Uh, the point being that I don't think it would be a, a sales point to get people to vote for it. I would like to respond a little bit to Mr. Sprague's comments. And, you know, this, the stuff that happened in the past happened. And um, I don't know what to say about it, but as far as money... Uh, coming from different places and creating uh, out-of-balance scenarios, all the federal money that showed up in the cities and counties and states from the feds for the, uh, for the pandemic clearly qualifies as another financial anomaly. As I've watched as people have spent these monies in varying ways, I have asked myself the question, what are they going to do when that money is gone? The same thing applies to grants in my mind. The more we finance from grants, the more we're relying on grants to run the business. And I don't know, again, if that's a good sound way to run a business is money that comes and goes. And, and, and clearly the federal money did cause a distortion in the way government operated and spent. Um, so uh, the customer satisfaction survey, you know, I mean, again, I, when, that, when I heard that and sat in the council or in the office or, law or audience here when that happened, that's history. Uh, sale, we're gonna sell the sales tax by walking the streets by meeting the people and looking them in the eye and saying, trust me, it's good for you and good for the city and good for the future. The pamphlets, the surveys, the articles, the PRBS, you know, you're right, Forrest, it will not work. There's no trust. Why I wouldn't read an ad and vote. I will look at you in the eye and go, I believe you. Will you, do you mean what you say? And I want it, and if I believe that, I'll vote for it. And, um, so that's how I think this has to be done and building trust. And so to build trust, we should not, in a promotional uh, mode or in a promotional effort, reference things in the past that, are, that just prove that the lack of trust is valid. So I ask that we not go back and say what we did wrong or what was done wrong or what we believe was wrong. Let's sell the future. Let's ask for support to build a better tomorrow. And, uh, and so that's the way I think we can do it for everybody fine. here walk the street and again not to make this an argument but you're actually confirming exactly what i was saying my point was to tell these people this is how this we got in trouble with this because we did misspend the money that's what i'm suggesting <clears throat> now that we can look at that and say yes that's what we did i'm trying to get us to convince these good people that's not what we're going to continue to do that's, i'm with that you was my point i'm that with you 100 percent. we got to convince them it's okay. not going to be easy because we've done a lot the other way. Okay, but I do want to make sure when you're walking the streets and you're using the word we, I hope it's the frog in your pocket, not me. 
What? I'm going to ask a. <laughs> I'd like to ask a question of the staff. If we pass the resolution for declaring the emergency, do we have to also pass the ordinance at the same time, or could we do the ordinance uh, next meeting? We're not passing the ordinance. You're not passing the ordinance. Just all we're doing resolution. is the resolution saying we're de we're declaring an emergency. The resolution is declaring the the emergency, and your the resolution also also is putting the ordinance on the ballot. Okay. But you can amend and change but you the can. ordinance. Yeah. In fact, Does the that you at all? Yeah. before Mr. November 14th. I'm done. That's no, I'm asking you. Did that? Does that help you? Yes. That we pass if we pass only the resolution, That's and we have an opportunity to address the ordinance later. I, I understand what you're asking. Yes. So That's does right. that pass help you? In your it decision? helps me with with making my decision, but my decision will probably still the same. <coughs> And but I don't still pass it if tonight. I may yeah. real quick um this is really your council members trying to do what's best for you folks the citizens um we're not charging you a one percent sales tax we're not shoving it down your throat all we are trying to do is get the steps going so you guys can make your own decision on your own future for your town we're not up here making that decision we have to pass the budget you voted for us well sorry we were appointed but you voted for a majority of us okay and re-elections come up you don't like the way that we're handling your guys's money push us out find somebody else to do it but we are trying to take the right steps right the wrongs of the past learn from our mistakes and continue moving forward the one percent sales tax is going to be the best thing for the city if you want it to continue to stay a city we are obviously in a financial situation that is terrible for everybody and so we're trying to find the best avenues to fix the problem immediately allow the city to grow to where we are self-sufficient so we're not relying on increased taxes in the future because if we do not continue to grow it will require another one of these documents to come up again in 10 to 15 years because California is growing their inflation rate is one of the highest around and we're not keeping up with it it's just plain and simple and this is how we have a short-term fix to keep up with it and so we're just trying to put it in your guys's hands so i'm not here talking to the council members i'm talking to the folks in the audience and that's my piece sorry mr mayor mr mayor right. i have to say one more thing forgive me but that is this the reason we're doing this resolution is so we can get it on the march ballot it has to be called an emergency otherwise it goes to november so this is a tactic to move it into March. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. It's a, a tactic to get this thing on the March vote ballot, the primary for the president, I recall. And so this is why we're doing it, to expedite the, the, the repair and, and the action that we think is necessary. It's not. If there's no more comment, I will ask the pleasure of the council. Did, you, did they get to talk? Yeah, I've asked them. Okay. Anybody else wish to speak? Pleasure of the council. Mr. Mayor, I move the resolution entitled a resolution of the City Council of City Willows declaring an emergency under Proposition 218 calling for the placement of a general sales tax measure on the ballot of the March 5th, 2024 election to adopt a transactions and use tax and requesting that it be consolidated with the presidential primary election to be held on March 5th, 2024 be adopted. Second. 
have a motion to approve the resolution by Councilmember Hansen, seconded by Councilmember Vaden. Roll call vote, please. Councilmember Hansen? Aye. Councilmember Hudson? Aye. Councilmember Sprague? I'm sorry, I'm opposed. It's just not my nature. Vice Mayor Vaden? Aye. Mayor Thomas? Aye. Motion carries 4 1. Next item of business is um, 8C, Council, City Council appointments with the um, <coughs> vacancy by Councilmember Hoffinke. We have some vacancies <coughs> on our appointments. Uh, yes, sir. The uh, Regional Transit Committee, the Library Board, and the Public uh, Safety Committee and the City and County's Economic Development Steering Committee. So, since you feel to see, which one of those would you like to have? <laughs> Just say all. Uh, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Mayor, if I may, uh, uh, and uh, I apologize to, to staff. I didn't just didn't have time today to, to ask this question, but I, I noticed uh, that on the on page 84. Uh, in reference to the committee, the current committee assignments. Uh, number three block, Regional Transit Committee uh, is, lists uh, vacant, which it is, uh, which have a vacancy, which lists Mr. Sprague as uh, the member and myself as alternate. It's actually the reverse. I'm right. the member and Mr. Sprague is currently the alternate and was appointed uh, recently. That's a perfect time That's to make that correction. That's, That's for Regional Transit Committee. Yeah. And we need an alternate to that as well? Uh, no, no. Or should we just? Well, I'm sorry. Sprague I'm sorry. And Hansen continue I'm, I'm sorry. That. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Sprague. I'm sorry. We have two members and one alternate. Yes, you're right. So, Mr. M Mr. Sprague is a member. I'm listed as an alternate. I'm. I'm also a member. I'm sorry. I clarify that. Yes, we have a. The vacancy is actually the alternate. So I'm sorry. Yeah, that's I fine. had that backwards. This is the perfect time to make all these corrections. It, it's like been a long two months. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So that, Would you yeah. be comfortable serving as the alternate? I'm, Mr. Sprague, I'm sorry. No. I, yeah, I'm sorry yes, I messed that up. So. You're not the alternate anymore. No, you're not the alternate. You've been promoted. Well, okay, but it's not that I'm off the committee. It's off no. the... No, you're on the committee. You were no. just the alternate before. Now you're on the committee. Right. And he's the alternate. No, not unless you want to be off the committee. <laughs> no, I don't mind being on, but I pointed out that I, I caught the same thing that if if those these two meet back to back, so it made no sense for you to be a member of one and an alternate of the other, and vice versa. Right, that's correct. So either both of us be a member, or both of us be right. Is that what you're yes. suggesting? No, yes, no, no, both no. A member. No, no, we alternate I... with the city of Orland. We alternate with the city of Orland. Right, I understand that. Yeah, every other year. This year we have two members and one alternate. Next year we'll have one member and an alternate for transit. So just to, to clarify, to make sure I understand correctly, yeah. Councilmember Hanson and Councilmember Sprague are both members of that committee, and we are adding Councilmember Hudson as the alternate to that committee. Correct. Good. Okay. Yes. yes. Great. That's it. Then we Next. have the library board. <laughs> right. Nope. Who would like to sit on the library board? I think Evan would. <laughs> I, I heard Evan. I was right here. I'm that. pretty Evan? sure, yeah. Evan? Yeah, thank I you. I think you're getting railroaded. I think that was a mouse in my pocket. I the train. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I would be more than happy to sit on the library board. I am a slow reader, 
so it's taken me a while to kind of download everything that I've received since yesterday. So. Well, it's so thrilling and exciting. I understand that. <laughs> Joey, it is thrilling. Public safety and fire and police, um, I would be willing to take that vacancy. <coughs> and then we just need uh, one alternate to the city and county's economic development steering committee which doesn't apparently ever meet correct so why do we need to name an, an alternate <laughs> that's we, not we don't that's not okay <coughs> so for the library board it's evan hudson and for the public safety it's hansen and thomas I think those are mayor appointments if I'm not just a question on this the the G C D B G did go away is that just not they don't have funding for that anymore mr. clerk uh, the committee yeah um, that the council has not appointed anyone to that committee okay so it we sounds don't like you're right it sounds like it's non-existent right we, we don't have any any CDBG loans or grants that need to need oversight but if we do get cdbg grants again in the future we would need a committee like this so okay. that's so previously it was decided to just leave it and leave it with vacant <coughs> vacancies Fine. thank you okay next item of business is the willows high school agricultural facility project requested by council member sprague yes um Mr. Mayor, I, I put this on. I want to make, make everybody understand thoroughly that I'm not opposed to the objectives. I'm not opposed to the project. I'm not de defining a specific position on the project. Um, as a teenager, I made my money uh, butchering my rabbit fryers and selling my eggs and selling my milk, et cetera, et cetera. So I fully support what the objective of this is. My concern is that we have a CEQA process that I feel like maybe uh, somewhat got violated. I would ask first the city attorney if she concurs with me that we have as what's referred to as a responsive agency or responsible agency to, that we do have some oversight over this, that we don't have jurisdiction over what the lead agency wants to do, which is the school district. But as a, as a, it's in within the city limits seems to me that that gives us the responsibility or the duty as a responsible agency involved in this to ensure that those mitigation measures that may be necessary that are in fact applied to this particular project am i correct that we have we have standing in this in this situation so yes um i looked into this and there's actually in my firm a CEQA specialist attorney um that i collaborated with and um, after researching uh, their project um, they the they being the school district approved their project on September 7th um, in the same motion in fact on the same agenda they uh, first accepted the exemptions for CEQA, then approved the project, um, which is actually a technicality and right. not um, 
really lawful. Um, so there's one issue with what occurred. Um, but they did, in fact, approve the project and found that they were exempt under CEQA. Um, I think our strongest argument is that um, their exemptions don't seem to be actually um, accurate, or uh, I think that we would have strong arguments that their exemptions are not actually exemptions under CEQA. Mm -hmm. Uh, the issue is that uh, because they approved the project, technically speaking, on September 7th uh, and filed those exemptions on the, on the 7th, uh, we would have 35 days to file our challenge. And um, our only real remedy to challenge their uh, project would be a lawsuit. Um, and that would be, we would have to file that lawsuit within 35 days of September 7th, which is Thursday. October Actually, May, if I, if I could correct October you, and I have 12th. copies of both of this, the, the, uh, at the county, it was filed at the county on the 22nd of September, as well as it was filed at, uh, OPR, uh, Office of Planning and Research on the 20, 22nd of on September. On the 22nd? Yes. Okay. So, so our 35 days started from so that point. So, thank you. Then yeah. we have a little bit more time. Right. Still remains to be the issue that the only remedy the city would have uh, would be a lawsuit to uh, challenge with litigation. Um, of course, I'm not in favor particularly of that. What I would be more suggested or suggest that would be more applicable is that those items that I, as well as members of the public, whether they're here or not, I'm assuming that most of these people are, that if those could be demonstrated to be properly mitigated to us as a, as a responsible agency, and then not suggesting that we approve or disapprove the project, but just to ensure that the, that the district is responding adequately to those identified impacts, negative impacts. I w I, I'm not, I mean, the, the, the property owners certainly have that opportunity to, to litigate too, if they were inclined to. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just explaining to the council what the city's option is right. if they want to challenge. Um, because of the, and this is just my wheelhouse, is the legal world, um, that is the remedy under CEQA is a legal challenge, which is to instigate litigation. Uh, my, my, under my research and analysis, there, the challenge to the other code, the 53094 section, um, there's really, I think that there was a case that we found um, where we think that this is certainly within their facilities. Um, it, would, it would be hard to argue that what they're trying to build is not related to their educational purpose. Um, so I think our best challenge to it would be the CEQA exemption challenge, um, that a new 3,500 square foot building is not really um, a minimal exemption. Yeah, it's not a categorical exemption. Right. Right. That's our, our best, and, and I think it's a strong one, but, but the remedy there for us or for the city of Willows is a 
to instigate litigation um, within that 35 days. So uh, that would be 35 days from September 22nd, which is, um, yeah. quick math, end of October. You're right, end of October. Here so we're looking at October. two weeks to, in, to, right. to uh, file a complaint. Well, I, I agree with your analysis and my view that looking at the 32 exemptions that are allowable under CEQA, uh, only class 14 was the one that seemed to apply. The rest of them, to me, are, were inapplicable to what they were identifying on the class, what was it, class 1, 5, and 11 or something like that. To me, they were inapplicable. The only one that was applicable was class 14. So, um, but again... Um, and there's certainly other, you know, there's... There's other things that the city can ask of the district, but the district wouldn't be obligated to do, to comply. Right. Legally. They wouldn't be obligated? Would not. not. I know. Without, without a writ or without a um, injunction or a lawsuit being filed. Uh, my immediate reaction in, to that and reading uh, the superintendent's letters back to me, to me, I think he, I, my interpretation is that he wants to be a good neighbor. He wants the district to be a good neighbor. So I would like to think that if we can identify those things a little bit more clearly, if necessary, of those things that should be addressed, then giving the district the opportunity to adequately address them so that the people would be satisfied that this has been done to the best of their ability to, to mitigate any of the problems, potential problems. And if the council wants staff to prepare a letter to the school district outlining some of the city's concerns we certainly can do that. We've actually already met internally to discuss it and are prepared to do that if given direction. Okay. I can send you my Word document if you like. We, we actually already drafted one. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Happy to have that contribute if a majority of the council wishes sure. to send that letter. I had a couple questions about I'm not sure when this came in that I got up here at the dais from from our superintendent right I received it um, the superintendent sent it to me on Sunday I was out of town I so I looked at it saw it Monday and immediately brought it up to the I really haven't had a chance to digest it completely but um, Looking at this, I don't see any discussion of the animals itself. Right. I, I, I see a discussion of the construction. I can um, yeah. noise, but animals make noise. Animals make odor. Animals bring flies, and and other things. And so those things would be of a question to me. Um, so I had a chance to. We just approved a general plan, and in that general plan we had a full EIR. So I kind of looked to see how that would apply to us. So the, 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 in the general plan and the zoning and the municipal code, this project is not consistent with any of that. Well, I, um, I understand that. Um, it, but, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it, this doesn't matter at all? No, it doesn't no. matter that our, we're not. Our that EIR the is what is, I was referring to. It doesn't matter that it's not consistent with our municipal code and our zoning laws because they, under the um, under state 53094, law. which is a state law, they are exempt because of 
their uh, facility is reasonably related to their educational purpose. So even the EIR They would have an argument in court that it was reasonably related. Um, I think we could argue that it's not. I don't know if we would be uh, successful. But again, this our only remedy is to sue them for an injunction, okay. of, of, you know, an injunctive All right. relief. All roads I, lead back to litigation. Yeah, because what I read in our, I'd just like to read this one section from our environmental impact report. Confined animal facilities that may result in odors, individual projects that have potential to generate significant ejectable odors would be required to undergo individual CEQA review. Understood. And Understood. I, I think that's something that Asked we can include in the letter that we send, asking them to keep in mind that that's what the people of... I mean, if the council wants us to draft a staff letter with input from the city planner, the city engineer, the building official, which we've already started, if I get direction from you, um, we can certainly go ahead of staff and do something like that, just outlining to the school district our concerns, city concerns, and take it from there versus the only other option which we've eaten to death now. So, <laughs> so if I may, Mr. Mayor, I, uh, when I read all of this material, I thought from the material that was originally presented that indeed that the school district was exempt and could act without interference from any of us for any reason. So then I'm wondering, well, why are we even talking about it if they have that immunity to do it? And then uh, Councilman Sprague gave us the city of Mount Shasta case, which was uh, ruled, if I understand it correctly, yeah. that indeed while they have this unique relationship with approvals and all of the codes, that there is a sort of remote responsibility on our part. So yeah. I, I'd be interested in a little bit more of the Shasta case. I mean, if, if those exemptions exist, why are we liable for what, what goes on? Because the only way to challenge their is the exemption is the lawsuit. So, yes. and then Councilman Sprague said, and I thought wisely, that there's issues, this, 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 and this. And the people that have them live right next door. Can't we sit down with those people and, and answer their questions? What are you going to do about, what are you going to do about, what are you going to do about? I think and the then school if district did that. <laughs> did you already do that? Yeah, they've done that. Because, I mean, I, I, if they're fixable, then maybe the neighbors would say, Well, okay. one, of the, one of the responses, and I think if it's yours, not, Council Member Sprague, that talks about, that was from the superintendent and talks about the things that, the communication they've already had with the community and things that they've changed yeah, in the right, design yeah. of the project and taken into consideration. Right. Um, so they have, I think, done some of that already. So, so then I guess the answers weren't satisfactory. Somewhere along the road, the, there's not a meeting of the minds to go forward. That's my understanding. I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, well, whatever dialogue and exchange has gone on to address the issues uh, has not result, resulted in satisfaction on both sides. Um, that I, I can't attest. I'll let, if, if you open it up for the public, maybe some of the, the well, property think, owners that live there. I think that would be the will. proper thing to do. Let's, I agree. Let's, let's hear from, I, both sides are here, I think. Right. That would be my suggestion. So I, what was brought to me was that they had not heard, the people that I was talking with had not heard that there was some potential resolve from the district on, on, on this. They were led to understand that it was still out there where it was going to be built and the concerns were not being properly addressed or mitigated. So, uh, 
I've outlined what well, I I'd understand. I'd like to move to public comment at this right. point in time. And um, does the district want to go first? Good evening, Emmett Copert, Superintendent Wills Unified. We uh, presented last spring uh, our plan, our vision of uh, ag facility on campus. And we listened to the community and their concerns. After that, we contracted with our, our architecture firm that we have been using for all of our other projects that are ongoing. And we've come up with some concept designs. We do not currently have the design, but in that we plan to have a self-contained, fully enclosed facility to house the animals with an exercise yard that's enclosed on campus within, in the area of the existing bus yard, part of it, just part of it. We will include a buffer in the way of shrubs, um, uh, limit the view to the residents to the north. Um, so it'll, it, there will be no visitability from other directions, from the east, from the west, from the south. It'll be internal. Again, the reason why we need to have it on our campus is for the safety of our students and the animals. Last year, I presented, we had homeless people sleeping with the animals at the Ramsdale facility and students go out there to feed their animals and we have adults out there that were basically trespassing. The other big issue is the access and the equity, making sure all of our students have access, not some of them, but all of them, and it's contained right on our campus with our, with our faculty and staff. In addition to fully enclosed, it'll be air-conditioned, air-cooled with a ventilation system that will mitigate the smell. Last spring, uh, same architecture firm recommended that I visit Davis High School. And right in the middle of the Exercise yard right there. Thanks, Alan. It's right across the street from the neighbors on the first page. I think there's the same um, exercise yard, different angle. There's some pens outside for cleaning. And then you go inside on the third page, you see the pens. Our fair is in May, so the animals, our fair projects will be housed January to May, fully enclosed. At Davis, the old county fair was later, so we were able to go after the fair. This is, these pictures were taken in mid-May, late May. And then you can see on the fourth page, the air conditioning, the watering, the sewage, the, drain, the drains. Outside on the fifth page, you can see there's a grinder, that cir circular cap. That goes, the sewage goes into the grinder, it's treated, and then it goes into the city septic. 
And that's go, excuse me, it goes into the city system? Yes. Really? And I asked the question about that. We were told we wouldn't be able to do that, and, this, and this, this project manager said that might be something you can negotiate with the city engineer. Um, if it's treated properly and it's ground down, it just goes in. That would be the ideal situation. Short of that, we would do a tank, uh, an underground tank that would have to be pumped on a regular basis. But it would, you, you can see, well, there's not a really good shot of the drainage. But when the, um, inside the facility, there, you see the hoses above. You just spray the concrete floor and uh, push it into the grinder system. So we've tried to mitigate the smell, the flies, the visual. We've doubled the increase of what I proposed last, last spring in terms of cost of the project to mitigate the concerns of the community. And again, uh, I appreciate your comments. We are trying to be good neighbors. We want this to be embraced. We feel like this will be a flagship facility for Willis High School. And uh, if you have any questions, I have to answer. And it, well, let me just say one other thing. Department of State Architecture will be the over, provide the oversight. So it's not going to be some flimsy barn that gets put up by some, somebody. It's going to be a first class facility. I wanna, I wanna say, Mr. Mayor, that really the folks you need to convince aren't us, it's not us, it's the neighbors. Right. And if there was an avenue to do that, that's where the energy should be spent, my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Doug Ross, Sacramento Valley Mayor and resident of Willow. Speaking on behalf of comments I made in the spring, uh, mitigation is not, uh, I think, adequate. I think elimination is adequate. My uh, thesis in the spin, spring, admittedly out of the space age, was that uh, to uh, try to uh, defeat an enemy with a gun when all you have is a bamboo stick is not going to work. In this particular instance, uh, the only thing that would satisfy the neighbors is not mitigation of the smells, the odor, the dust, the noise, the uh, traffic coming and going to the barn, but com complete elimination. So in short, my thesis is that uh, uh, it could happen, but to look at it as mitigation is probably not going to be successful, and that only going to uh, vast university educational think tank, huge corporations have the uh, ability to fund and do such things as, uh, uh, what's the word, rock, rock studios have it, uh, soundproofing. So soundproofing, dustproofing, uh, and other uh, elimination measures would uh, completely satisfy the neighbors because the, the barn could be where it's proposed and have zero uh, impact. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anybody else?
Steve Moss again. I'm resident, lived right across the street from the proposed barn site. Uh, I was able to go over some of their proposal in the sound, uh, that they gave their proposal packet. And they do mention that it's going to be able to open up to air out with doors on north and south end. So that's going to blow everything towards us in their packet. Then it's also going to have evacuation fans in it. Again, going to have smell. You can't build a completely isolated building. Everybody knows that. It's going to be drafty, so the smell is going to linger. That's going to attract insects, so it might not get inside, but it's going to attract them near the people. Also, another problem is, is how many people go, you know, I want to move to the city and I want to live right next to a barn. Not very many. So now the property values are going to go down. It's not a very good choice, I think, on the school's part to keep hammering it in the same location after they've gotten so much input from this neighborhood that just doesn't want it. Looking again in their proposal, they have a third off-site plan that the location doesn't suit them. It's going to be close to a residential neighborhood again, and I don't want to kick the can down to somebody else but it's more acreage that allows them to expand. They have a proposed greenhouse, they have a proposed agricultural center for later on. They can't do that here. So I, I think that they would be better suited to maybe focus their efforts on trying to find uh, land that would be better suited for the future. That's all I have to add, thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, council members. My name is Jeff Williams. One of the things that's always bothered me about government is, or individuals, is just because you can doesn't mean you should. And it kind of irritated me when I read in the paper, which it sounds like it was factual, that the school came, gave their presentation, we made a vote, and it was voted down. Then all of a sudden they just said, you know what, we really don't care what you said. City attorney says we got a good case that they are uh, required to seek with. So it's the only other alternative is the city has to sue them because we believe that they're violating this regulation. That seems kind of odd that we just allow it to happen. I just think that there's a time and a place for everything. If the shoe was on the other foot, let's say, for example, I looked at the school board at the vote. There's several of those folks that are farmers. Let's say the state decides that we want to build a university out by their family farm. Oh, and then all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Your, your animals are making too much noise or whatever. You've got to get rid of them. It, it's the same thing in reverse. So I just think that this is wrong for them to shove it down the neighbor's throats. Thank you. <coughs> Any other comments from council? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, yeah thank you, Mr. Colpridge, for uh, for attending tonight and in uh, in presenting. I just like to say that Emmett, uh, uh, as the uh, superintendent of Willows Unified School District, has been a, has been a uh, just a, an outstanding partner. Couldn't ask for a better partner with the city of Willows on a on a number of of arenas, uh, not not the least of which is our, our our swimming pool arrangement that you've so kindly, you and your board have so kindly uh, offered, you know, much needed assistance with. It's, it's gone very well. So I, I just want to thank you for that and your proactivity. Uh, 
In reference to filing a lawsuit, in reference to this, on behalf of the city, we just declared a fiscal emergency in the city, and now we're, we're you know, are we even going to consider filing a lawsuit on this matter that clearly falls within the jurisdiction of the Willows Unified uh, School District Board? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I, if there are mitigation issues that have not yet been uh, ironed out, those issues fall uh, with the school district and, and the neighbors. Uh, and uh, Mr. Corporich, I, there, you have, I've, it's been my understanding that, and I didn't attend, but that there have been, uh, you have had meetings with the uh, property owners? Not the last year. It was last year. Okay, last year. Okay. And you presented, uh, when, when uh, your team presented the, uh, your, uh, FFA, Future Farmers of America instructors presented that night uh, at, at, at the meeting. I, I you know, I'll rein, reinstate my, you know, my position on that. I fully support agricultural education. I was an agricultural student. I was an active FFA member and officer and state farmer. I was, you know, I raised animals, uh, crop production, so on and so forth. And FFA is a, is a I, just a fine program, just, just an outstanding program. And Willows Unified has an excellent FFA program. Excellent. Very proud of you and your team. Very proud of Stacy Bentoncourt. Well, formerly Alves now, Mrs. Alves. Uh, you know, as, as a young teacher, she's, she's just done an amazing job. So I want to commend her, commend her publicly for what she's done with agricultural education uh, for uh, the district and for our community. But uh, these issues, right, you know, and Mr. Vaughn, you mentioned you know, or discussions here that falls with the school board and the school district. I mean, if there's something we can do as a city to help mitigate these matters, as uh, Marty Brown has, has mentioned, you know, the, you mentioned there's a, a letter that you've already started working on, or a document that you've already started working on. I'd be, in, I'd be in favor of that to help, you know, to help, help the citizens and mitigate any concerns with, with Willows Unified. But, you know, really, uh, Aside, our city attorney, a very capable and competent city attorney, has told us tonight, and we all heard it, that our only remedy is a, is a lawsuit. Well, that just doesn't make any sense at this point to me. Uh, the district, from my standpoint, the district's, in my conversations with, with uh, Mr. Copridge, the district's been, uh, uh, you know, pleasantly very uh, easy to work with. And he's here tonight. Uh, I, I don't know, Mr. Coperich, if you want to address that any farther, uh, up to you. I don't want to throw you under the bus here or anything, but you're here tonight. If you have any further comments you'd like to make, make to the counselor on behalf of the public for any mitigation purposes, or you know, if you have any other thoughts or comments. Okay. Well, you know, I, I threw out. So I mentioned mentioned the previous the presentation that that your staff presented, and you also spoke that night. Uh, I. In order to, you know, being uh, extremely fond of agricultural education, this is state-of-the-art state ag barn and classroom facility, educational facility, state-of-the-art, I'll say again. I offered the 17-acre burn dump as, as, as an alternative. Obviously, I'm fully aware of the problems you had with the existing structure. It's just, it's dangerous. Not at all safe. Not at all safe. Uh, you mentioned uh, safety on campus is obviously the most safest place for the students, obviously, obviously. Uh, with that said, the Willows High School campus clearly falls completely within the, the city limits of the city of Willows. Uh, 
In reference to property values, I, I understand, and I, you know, I understand uh, uh, neighbors and homeowners in the area, your, your concerns, I get it. Um, but, you know, the market, in my mind, the market, you know, so do you do you benefit with a, with a home, you own a home, you own a nice home near uh, a high school, not just Willows High School, near a high school. Some people like that, some people don't like that. So as far as selling a house or purchasing a house, to me, that could be either way. That could go either way, depending on who, you know, it's like, do you want a swimming pool or not, right? It's the same thing. Do you want to live next to school or not? But with that said, I just wanted to throw that out there as far as, you know, you know, a collapse or, or reduction in, in market price. I don't know. I'm not a realtor. I don't know. But, you know, and I don't, I don't live in that, in that neighborhood. And I said, you know, I did say at that meeting, and I, I stand firm in my position, I would fully support such a facility across from me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would. I don't live in that area, so I won't, I can't say that for the citizens, several of which here tonight who do live in the area. I'd appreciate I appreciate your, your concerns. Absolutely. I understand. I get it. I, I'm just talking about my, my thoughts on it. I just wanted to, to throw out my thoughts on it. Uh, I think it's, it's fabulous that, uh, you know, you're considering an ag, you know, agro, agricultural training facility, educational facility. Uh, so if there's something the city can do to foster this, uh, but is the contention of the, you know, my other question, the citizens that live nearby, uh, uh, where the proposed barn may be built. Uh, do you, you want, are you looking for mitigations or are you looking for just no barn? You want a barn? Maybe, or flat no. That's, but, and I think that question lies, that's a question you have with the district, with the school district. But I appreciate the fact, I, I understand, I understand all sides of it. I get it, I understand it. I just, you know, those are my thoughts and my opinions on it. But, Evan, I, I want to thank you for, you know, for always being uh, willing and ready to work with the city on, on a number of previous issues. And I have no doubt that uh, from your standpoint, you'd be willing to work with residents in the immediate area or the affected area, uh, you know, along the same lines. So that's really all I had to say. So thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Gary. Anybody else? Yeah, Mr. Mayor, let me, let me add some clarity if I can, if I can here to what... Mr. Hansen was saying, I think in my view that there's a middle road between the litigation and being able to still work for some mitigation. Mitigation before litigation, let me put it that way. Well, absolutely. And the, the, way I, the reason I say that, my, the letter that I wrote here or the synopsis that I gave to the council, I specifically addressed a couple of, and paraphrased, but pretty adequately, yeah, adequately paraphrased some of the reports that I read that CSAC, I think uh, League of Cities and CSAC both opined on this particular case because it was dealing with a county and a city. And this particular um, sentence or paragraph that I'm going to read to you here came right out of, I believe, League of Cities. It said, the court did not require Mount, the city of Mount Shasta to insist upon mitigation measures over which it did not have jurisdiction. But the court concluded that as a responsible agency, the city should have identified mitigating measures. There, I think, is the fine line that we can go to before we were to consider lawsuit. I wouldn't suggest we consider lawsuit at all. 
But as, as city manager already pointed out, it sounds like you're already crafting with the city planner, with the city engineer and the city attorney, something that then does continue to identify these mitigating measures that it's our responsibility to provide to the district and saying we want you to deal with these things. We don't have jurisdiction, we can't force them, but we have a responsibility to help help the public identify what those those problems are. That's that's I think the middle of the road for us in this issue. That's kind of what I just said. Okay. In reference to the letter that's being crafted now. Okay. Mr. Mayor, if I may, yes. um, I personally don't like the idea of the project if the people that live in the city are not fans of the project going in next door to them. Um, a lot of the concerns that are brought up with the project and where the current barns are, where they have been since before I was able to go out there. Um, we talk about some of the students, not all the students. Yeah, you have ag teachers, you have vans, you have the ability to transport these students to where they can go use the facilities in a space that would hopefully be safe and not affect the people around. Um, I'm slightly frustrated because I feel like it's being forced down our throat at a time where we are in a fiscal emergency um, and we are not able to maybe take the action that the people of the city want us to take um, for that. And I just, I find that frustrating that um, the town that houses the high school is being taken advantage of for the gain of the school um, when you do have other options. But they may be a little bit more difficult and put a little bit more on the school district to have to figure out methodology of getting the kids out there, um, some different logistical issues. But instead, it's the, it's the easier road, and I feel like you're stepping on the people inside the city limits by the way that it's being forced on us. That's my two cents. I do not think litigation is their way to go because, A, I don't think we can afford it. I think the city would, or the state would bury us in time and bills and everything else. But I do think a letter stating our unhappiness with how it's going would be a fair, fair course of action. Mr. Mayor, if we may follow up with Mr. Hudson's comments. And I mentioned, I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, my, my suggestion of the, the what, I, what I'm referring to, the 17-acre old city burn site, Kenwood right. 57, yes. uh, east of Kenwood. And I believe 99. my understanding with that was is they can't dig down right. there because it has to be sealed, but yet right. the building can, requires them to, to do something along those lines, was I thought why that build, wasn't going to work. You can put a pad and con construct and on construct it. It's, on that. it's been cleared by state toxics. Which, like I said, that would be yeah. a great option, but it's... Yeah it's not the path that they want to go with because it, sure. it requires a little bit more on their part. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's who has the bigger checkbook at this point. And they, they do. They know that they have us. And so they're taking advantage of that. Yeah. And I don't think it's right. And that's my two cents on it. So I am a full believer in the FFA project. I did livestock my entire life as a entering 4-H. Um, has nothing to do with that. I think it's a great program for the kids. I just really feel like it's stepping on the toes of those in the community around you guys, and that's who we're here to protect. And that's my goal, to try and protect the people in the community. It has nothing to do with the project itself. I think it's a great idea. I think a new facility is definitely needed. Um, 
I just feel like it's, like, again, stepping on what the people want, so. Yeah. No, I, so, Mr. Mr. Mayor, if it, yeah, may, may go finish, ahead. yeah. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to, once again, as an alternative, and, you know, it may not be with the, you know, with the district, you know, their, their plan A, but as an alternative, from the city perspective, I am I am certain that the city would be willing to work with the district in reference to the 17-acre site, and that would be uh, you know for for an agricultural educational facility with future expansion. If you're you know I, I've been you know I've heard some some other ideas on, on expanding it. it wouldn't be wouldn't be landlocked there. And like I say, it's been cleared from the State Department of Toxics for construction above ground. In other words, a pad and going above ground and for any storage tanks you go above ground. I just want to I just want to throw that out there as an option just in, in the event that it's needed. Uh, you know, uh, I do understand the the student safety uh, your student transportation aspect, the student safety aspect still because, you know, it's a couple miles out. I, I understand. So, I just wanted to, you know, to reignite that thought. So, and you know, it it uh you know, I'm, I'm in favor of, I'm definitely in favor of an agricultural uh, training uh, facility, but uh, it comes down oh, to location, location, location. So, yeah. Mr. Madden, any comment? I'm not sure what to say. I mean, last time we had this subject before us, there was a out, uh, an outflow of individuals, neighbors, who spoke vociferously against it. <laughs> <clears throat> citing property values and the odors and the flies and all sorts of things. I'm not hearing that tonight, uh, and I'm not sure why. Well, you didn't come up that, well, and like I said, I'm not hearing it tonight. Now, what I really truly will. He runs the meeting, it's all over me. You've got the floor, Mr. Bud. Thank you, sir. Uh, you can come up when after I'm done. But... Um, I mean, I don't know quite, quite where the solution is. I would hope in a perfect world that the school district and this project and the neighbors who are impacted would work it out together. I'm not sure what our role is. You know, I agree with everyone that said filing a lawsuit under the circumstances is, seems like a, not a good choice of action for this city, for this council. So I, um, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, did, I didn't do FFA. I was not in 4-H. Uh, but I do love everything I see about the agricultural program in Glen County at the fair and at the school and everywhere. But that said, I mean, I don't quite know what our action item is here. There's not, I mean, it's requested by Council Member Sprague. There isn't necessarily a uh, action item per, per se because there's no staff report. This was at your request. I do want to clarify one thing, though. That, you know, I, I already knew that the majority of the council was not excited about the project and so I concurrently requested for a legal opinion and at the same time drafted a letter uh, potentially based on what out, what the outcome was tonight. <coughs> I did that proactively knowing already that there was a majority of the council that was not excited about the current location proposed for the project. So that's, you know, that's what I've done as staff but really ultimately it's up to you You've heard what the options are. There are not many options. If you're not in agreement with the location, it's really up to the council. Well, it would be not my preference to file a lawsuit. I don't think that's good business on our part in this particular case. I, uh, Mayor, I have, Mr. forgive me for interrupting, but now Mr. Sprague is back 
who sued the city of Mount Shasta? Who was the uh, the person that challenged the whole the operation? The acronym was actually the the case was that the geyser plant that they wanted to put in, which was supported by the county, but apparently for whatever reason the county took the 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 position of the lead agency as opposed to the responsible agency. The county did, even though it was in the city limits. I can only speculate of why that might have been. But after they got approval through, uh, well, the way I understand reading the court case, it wasn't as much as the city of, of Mount Shasta approved. They just didn't disapprove. They didn't pipe in on anything whatsoever. So the organizations, the acronym was W-A-T-E-R. I can't remember what that was, but it was water. water. And, um, and they were the one that filed suit and, and, and stopped the project. What I was focusing on, and I intentionally left that part out of the narrative, what I wanted to focus on is what the court concluded was that the, the city still had a responsibility as the, the uh, responsible agency to at least identify some of the mitigating measures. They well, my concern was who would sue us if, 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 who would sue us if, we, if they didn't feel we acted appropriately. I think we've already done that. I don't know that anybody would sue us. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to look at these people. But the point I was trying to make is that I think that this particular court case does, in fact, give us standing in being able to at least, I think, what city manager is suggesting here, that we craft a letter at least asking that the city or the district specifically address these particular items. Maybe they already have but maybe they just need to be articulated a little bit better so that the neighbors understand it better. You want to put that in the form of a motion? I, do I need to repeat it, or how did I say it? Okay. I suggest that because it is an action item, it's discussion and action item, so we can't take it. So I'm going to suggest the action that we do is that city staff work with our other consultants, legal and planning and engineering. They might identify more things than maybe I identified in my letter, um, in there so that they identify those and then bring it back to the council um, for approval and then we send it off to the to the uh, district asking that those items get specifically addressed I, I, I know I know I missed that what happened no go ahead keep going keep going for us Okay, that's my motion, is that we instruct staff to continue with their letter, working with our other consultants, work up with the letter, bring right. it back to us for approval, and then we, if we approve it, modify it, add to it, or subtract from it, whatever we do, and then we forward it to the district. The only question I would have about bringing it back to us, because it's more of a legal opinion, and it would be um, based on legal analysis by our city attorney. So we, sure. the, the letter would be based on, you know, what's in the municipal code, the general plan, I mean, factual information that is legal information, and certainly we would work with the city attorney in concert, but that draft letter is, is, is grounded in our code, in the law, it's not, you know, what's consistent with our general plan, it's not about our feelings about the project, I just want to make that clear, right. it's more fact, you know, it's fact-based fact. kind of thing. Fact base, absolutely. And we can also bring that back to the council and have the council 
Edit it. Yeah, that's what they were right. deciding well, whether which that way to was go his on motion that. to edit it. Yeah, yeah to modify it, add from it, subtract from it. Editing right. by committee might. That's my right. motion. <laughs> I have a second to that motion, and then afterwards we'll call one more time for public comment. Second. Okay, so we have a motion to send a letter stating forth the items of concern. Got it. Okay. Seconded it by Councilmember Hudson. So, any final comments from the audience? Dennis Asbury. I, I'd like to state that I love the idea of the project. Don't really care for where it's at or where it's intended, but I think it's fantastic. But we've had two or three other things that tie in with this tonight. One of them is our need for money. And as I'm sitting there listening to this, I get the feeling that these neighbors are the same ones we're going to ask to vote for money. Give us your money <laughs> to come live here. But then on the other hand, we're saying, sorry folks, you're paying your taxes, but you're on your own on this. Can I? Am I allowed to respond to that? But obviously, we weren't heard about the smell. Our property value is going to drop. We're looking to retire soon. Would you like a $100,000 hit on your house? Because that's 20%. 10% is $52,000, where I said. Okay? You take that hit at your retirement. To put in a barn, I understand. I love the idea. I love that kids are doing something that is organized and everything else but have a superintendent stuff it down my throat. I think it's garbage. Have the state come in and say, you're just a peon, but yet I pay my state taxes. We pay city taxes. You want more taxes? I'm gonna be left out in the cold because we're gonna have to take our own lawsuit against us. Because what do we have, 35 days now to reply to this? Do I understand this correctly? That if we wanna do this as a group, and now we have to be within the 22nd of October here. Do we have to respond to this and start some of our own formal lawsuit? I mean, somebody answer some questions to me. This filed on September 22nd. I, I I, literally, I will look at the entry to that bond. I don't care how you come in and out of it. You're going to drive down Murdoch Avenue to enter that thing. The bus yard's right there. I can deal with that. Animals are going to be there 24-7 for how many months? And how many hours are the kids going to be there? 10? To clean up after those animals? Those animals still pee, poop. 24 hours a day, I know. I grew up bucking hay. I grew up dealing with horses and cattle. I know what flies are. I know how, no matter how far you put the barn away from you, no matter what you wrap that manure in, no matter what you do with it, you still have flies that come with it. You still have a smell. You still have the animals making noise. And every now and then, you're going to have one running down the city street. Who's going to be liable for that? But you know what? I thought you heard us the first time. We, we don't did. want this. Okay? We didn't want the smell. I don't know why we're having to, I'm having to be here to reiterate this tonight. 
but that's why I didn't speak earlier. Well, their initial proposal is that we received when he was here before was that they were going to retain it on site and pump it. I had not heard about using the city, sur city sur sewer until tonight as a possibility. And then where does the container get <coughs> Speak up the microphone. Oh, where does the container get dumped? And I, again, I work at Willows High School. I'm not trying to get involved. I never heard the presentation, but just, I did listen to all the talk about the sewer problems tonight and the money that we have to spend, and I'm just curious how we address that one. Issue. Where it gets or dumped is, is up to, would be up to the city to find, or the school district to find a place that's suitable that can receive it. Certainly not something that the city would allow in its corporate city limits. But if I might answer her question, that was one of the things that I identified in my letter is that you, if you're going to pump this, who's going to collect it and where do they dispose of it? We don't know that. Now, we can assume that they're going to, you know, I'm sure they're not going to just take it out to the Sacramento River or Walker Creek and dump it into there, but, it, it, but that is one of the questions that people are having. Where does this go? Uh, really quick question, Mr. Mayor, uh, our attorney. Can anybody file suit on this deal, and do they have the same time window? Any interested party. Very good. Here's your answer. And and do we have the ability to say they can't do it? That they can't. They cannot build a barn. Do we have the ability to say that? Do we have the ability to say what? You can't build the barn. No. No. We don't, do we? Not without a lawsuit. without a lawsuit. Okay. Just want to clarify that because. We already voted once on this, and now it's back, and we don't have the ability to say, no, you can't do it. The lawsuit is our Except only ability to challenge that. Okay, so we have a motion on the floor. Does it need to be restated? I think so, yeah. <laughs> our clerk left. <laughs> I, th I think it was very clear, Mr. Mayor. The, the clerk was to send a, the, the motion was to send a letter to the school district identifying our, our concerns over uh, the need for mitigation. Yeah, and then bring it back for, for review. I, I already wrote it down the okay. last time, so I got it. I second it. So we have a motion to second. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Motion carries. Could you do opposed? No, we passed unanimous. Everybody said yay. <coughs> Mr. Mayor, if I may, would yes. it be possible to take about a four-minute recess? Yes. Thank you. You did good. Can we do ten? <laughs> can we do ten minutes, Mr. Mayor? So we can go to the restroom. After a brief, brief recess, we'll reconvene. Uh, and move to item 8E, Sewer Fee Ad Hoc Committee. Um, at the request of, uh, well, I don't know. 
Sorry, it is the request of Councilmember Sprague, and I forgot to add that into the <coughs> agenda. Sprague, but yes. It is his. It's yours. All yours. Okay. It's all yours, Mr. Sprague. Well, my application or my uh, letter to you that dated on the 6th of September, which then was presented on the 7th or the 12th of September and now here, um, it's a little bit inaccurate in the first, first paragraph. At the time when I submitted it in September, I was asking to replace Mr. Jeff Williams on the ad hoc committee at that time. That ad hoc committee was created, if I'm not mistaken, you would have asked for that, Jeff, in what, April? March or April of this year, and it got approved, and it was uh, Mr. Uh, Williams and Mr. Hoffinke that were appointed, and then Jeff shortly thereafter resigned, so there I asked them to be appointed, and then subsequent to that now, Mr. Hoffinke has quit. So I'm asking still that we create the ad hoc committee or re re reboot the ad hoc committee, and that I would like to be on it, and I'm would suggest that maybe uh, our newest member would like to be on it with me or whatever. But the objective there is, as I point out here, the purpose is to develop a fair and equitable sewer rate within the city district based on actual and verifiable costs to provide the sewer service as required by law. And of course, I went through three or four years worth of history there, but then I go to where we're at today, depending upon what particular document you're looking at, whether it's estimates by the studies, the various studies that we have, the actual costs from the printout of the sewer fund, which is identified in the uh, city's ledgers as uh, 318, if I recall correctly. And then depending upon what financial statement and or whatever budget proposal you look at, all of these numbers just don't seem to jive. So I would like to have a committee made up of uh, the two members that I'm suggesting from the City Council and then I have a list if if so approved I have a list of other uh, People that I would like to contact from the general public as well as maybe even put it out to the public that other individuals that might want to be involved um, And our objective there is like I say to come up with a fair and equitable sewer rate that is equal across the board for all rate users um, with the uh, obvious difference that if, it, if, if it's a restaurant or a hotel or sometimes uh, like our cheese factory, if, if you'll recall the city engineer pointed out that cheese factory has its own special rate because they produce so much more water and, uh, and waste. But nevertheless, I'm pleased to answer any questions you might have, but that's my request. And uh, I identified at the end what I anticipate that we would have about four meetings. I did discuss this with the city attorney, and she suggested the things that I include into my request, and identifying how many meetings, how long this might take, and the other people that might be involved in it. So having said that, I'll field any questions you might have. Well, the uh, appointments to committee is typically a mayor's prerogative. But since uh, the ad hoc committee was formed with Councilmember Hoffinke and Williams, and both these gentlemen have resigned from the council, there would need to be a s two members appointed right. uh, to the committee. Um, I will defer this issue to the entire council as we need a second council member. I personally do not wish to serve on a committee while I'm holding I, office. I can't of quite the hear you, Mr. Mayor. I says I personally don't want to um, sit on this committee while I'm serving as mayor. Right. Um, so I'm deferring to the whole council for uh, a, 
who wants to be on this committee and who would take that appointment. Okay. Um, my thoughts are, uh, yes, we need to fix the inequity of the sewer fund and the, and the sewer rates. Uh, that is paramount and something we need to get done. Um, I'm not so sure digging around back to 2017 is really going to save us or provide us with any real direct. Um, I, we need to know what the exact costs are based on uh, current times after the last rate study. And if we could come up with that, um, what we need is a 218 study. Now, whether we can do that individually without a company or we have to go to a company, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I would expect uh, that the ad hoc committee can answer that question for I us. I can. And uh, you're passionate about the matter and well-versed in the matter. Um, so I could see that, but I just hope that we're not rolling around in the back in the history so far that uh, we get bogged down to getting to where we need to be and that's a correct solution in a new 219 study. Well, with all due respect, the, the history is what does need to be looked at because by the history is the only way we're actually going to determine the actual costs associated with it. So being able to look at the time cards and to see how actually how much time the city staff spends on it. Well. It if I may, yes. the time card since the new study, if correct me if I'm wrong, Marty, this, the public work staff is now keeping track on their time cards as to what time they spent on sewer activities. That is correct, and right. I see that the city engineer just got that information recently from the superintendent, and they will be working with Andy to use that information to provide an update and recommendation to the council at the mid-year budget in March to adjust the allocation of staff time to the enterprise fund versus the general fund versus gas tax fund, and that kind of thing based on uh, the time cards and because we are tracking it now. Right, that's fine. So again, now to be able to look at that and see where we're at now based on that, that's, that's fine, I don't have a problem. The last analysis that I provided to the, to the city at that time, I think the year end uh, on some of those categories was, <laughs> the year end on some of those categories was 2019 some of the others were 2018 so the point is to be able to look at now that now that we've cured the problem and we're no longer using the sewer fund to augment the, the general fund now we should be able to have some accurate numbers that we can look at and see and, and come up with 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 what are in fact the actual not the hi historical expenditures but the actual costs and that's what I'm looking to be able to. Well, we're, we're already doing that as staff, as we just said. We're, we're, we've already been tracking the time so that we can adjust the budget and the allocation of staff time to the enterprise fund and the general fund. So I okay. don't understand what you'd be looking at. I'm sorry, say? I, I, don't, I guess I don't understand what you would be looking at since we're already doing that as staff and it'll come back to the council as part of the mid-year budget. Okay. A recommendation for staff allocation of time to the enterprise fund, gas tax fund, general fund. We're doing that. So I don't, I guess I don't understand what you would be doing that's any different than what we've already been doing. Just show us those documents, that's all. And then we can come up with it. And that's fine. If we've cured the problem, then we can demonstrate we've cured the problem. If the problem persists, same thing. We've still got $7,000 worth of fuel identified in your budget for that. It's impossible to spend $7,000 worth of fuel strictly on sewer fund activity. It's just not 
not feasible, not possible to be able to do that. So what would be helpful is if the council wants to you know, provide policy direction for staff to do some, some sort of research on the $7,000, and we'll do that and present that to you. I mean, that's typically how it, ha you know, this is how it occurs, Council Member Sprague. The council sets policy, they give direction to staff. We go do it and we bring it back to you for you to, to digest and to consider and think about and maybe ask follow-up questions. Okay. You're sounding a little bit like you want to do your own research, which is going to be challenging since I don't have a finance. You're looking at your finance department right now. So some of the things you want, which include HR, which is time cards, all of that is in the finance department, and I'm it. So, um, you know, today I put together a packet for an employee for health insurance who's about to get married. That's what I spent part of my afternoon doing. Okay. So, you know, I'm doing those kinds of things right now. I just don't know how I could possibly support an ad hoc committee in addition to doing accounts payable and working out details with payroll and people's F FLSA payments and FMLA leave and, you know, I mean, I know it's, it's dry, but these are the things that I'm literally working on these days. And so I don't know how I could support, um, and there's, there's no one else to support. I'm not asking you to support it. it, it all you, of the, you're yes. going to want research. You're going to want things, you're going to want information given to you, correct? Yeah, but it's a matter of going onto your computer and hit print for the information that I want. And then, then... Time cards are hard copy until recently. So if you're going to go back in time, that's going into a file and making hard copies. And that's spending time doing that. I mean, if the council really wants me to forego some of the other policy that you've set to spend some time on this, we could, I suppose I could make time for that. Not asking you to spend the time for that. There's no one else, though, is what I've been trying to say. There's not, I bet there's, I got a volunteer right here that would come in I'm and not copy gonna, those I'm time I'm not going to have volunteers in, in confidential HR files and finance files. Not at, these are time cards, not HR files that I'm talking about. The, Nevertheless. It's all in the same place, Council Member Sprague. It's all in the same room that's locked. It, this, isn't a this is not a volunteer activity. It's a staff activity that are hired permanent staff people that do this. When's the next time that the sewer fund gets... Um, it, we'd be starting in, in about two years, year, 18 months. Less than two years. Yeah, actually, probably actually less than two years. Just over one year. Yeah. A brand new Proposition 218. It was done two and a half years ago in early 21. And then, and then you start that process at least one year before year five. So we're in year three. Okay. You're in year three. Next year's year four. That's when you start the process. We could do it in advance of that, though. Yes, could we not? absolutely. You just can't do it beyond that, but you can do it in advance of that, yes. Because clearly we, we have to, you know, we have a, a, an entire sewage collection and treatment system to fund. And maintain and operate. So mm -hmm. clearly, we'll be looking at another 218 process in a year or sooner. And hopefully, it won't be as contentious or as much of an increase because we will do it on time. Because when this was done in 21, I think the last one was done seven or eight years prior. 14. It was, so been 14 way years. overdue. 14 years. Because they should be done every five years. Oops. Yeah, there had not been a rate increase in 14 years. But Mr. Sprague, it's, you point out $7,000 in fuel for the, 
for the gasoline and diesel costs for an annual, for 12 months, 365 days Correct. of complete maintenance of the sewage system. There's a sewer pump truck that is operated constantly. It's, it's a good sized diesel engine. It's, you know, there are ongoing staff maintenance issues with the entire sewage collection system every day. So I don't find $7,000 in fuel strange at all. I find it maybe a little bit low. So that's just one of the points. I don't believe that for a minute. I buy a lot of fuel, $7,000 of fuel for, for 365 days of maintenance. And yes, it's seven days a week maintenance for the sewage collection system, okay. including the five lift stations, including the you know, uh, other equipment, not just the, the lift truck. I, I find that absurd, absolutely absurd. I, when is the city of Willows needs to move forward, move forward and quit living in the past. I'm not saying everybody's living in the past. Let's stop this. Let's stop these attacks. Let's just move forward, concentrate on a new rate study. We've had a sewer rate study session when the new council was sworn in, right? I forget what month we had that study session. Marty? It was in the spring. Yeah, it was February. A, yeah, March. you brought MBS up here, and he based it on water usage going into the building, not the sewage coming right. out. Once again, building. your thoughts, your opinions, okay? Sewage collection of the entire system and maintenance is expensive. We're going to be, once again, looking at a new Proposition 218 process, or we should be in a year or less. So what's the point of, of this? Every, you know, everything's tied to the sewage rate increase? No, come on. Can we move forward as a city council and address issues that are paramount to the city, like law enforcement protection right now? I don't have We a need to move forward, and I am absolutely opposed to a sewage ad hoc committee, period. Thank you. Okay. Well grandfather from Oklahoma told me one time, you know you stepped on this cat's tail when the cat squeals. Mr. Sprague, are you telling me that I just squealed? Yes. Oh, you are inaccurate, sir. You are inaccurate. We're having a discussion. You're, you're now an appointed member of the Willow City Council. We're having an open discussion. Yes, we are. So when I speak, it's squealing. I, don't, I didn't say when you speak, it's squealing. You're That's rude. You might have to That's okay. rude. Thank you. <clears throat> if you'll let me explain what That's I... That's rude. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Mayor. Uh, let's move on. Do you have comments, Mr. Well, uh, I don't know how I follow this. Um, I, I, you know, if we could go out to the public and, and indicate that we were going to review the sewer rate structure that has been identified as out of balance, and we said that it was something we were doing for the citizens to produce more equality and more equitable fee structures for those who pay these fees. I, I think if that was in the newspaper and we told, told the citizens that that was our goal and that we were going to do the, you know, do the righteous work to reevaluate and make it better for them, that would be good. What we cannot do, especially if we want to do a sales tax increase, is go out there and point out what was wrong and what was bad and what prove to the citizens once again that we should not be trusted. So I, I'm okay with evaluating the rate structure. I'm okay with maybe a more equitable, because all I heard over and over and again that it was not equitable. I read the material about who was paying what and who and the hotel owners that are outside of the city limits were doing this and that. So I don't know any of that. I, that was all in the paper. So I mean, I, I, I could see, let's state to the world, the citizens of Willows, that we're gonna look at it right. and see what whether there's an opportunity to make it better for them and so on. 
Uh, your point's well made that the time window is not that far away for this anyway to take place. Marty says that she has the data that will identify who's doing what, who's using what. So I would love to see the news report or a press release that this county, this board, this council is working for the citizens to make the sewer rates more equitable based on an, an opinion that they can be and nothing else. Right. Mr. Mr. Mayor, if I may, it, it, just on Mr. Bodden's point, the, and I believe the quote you used, uh, Mr. Sprague, I not believe the quote was cured the problem. You said cured the problem. These, these corrections have all been made since the sewer rate increase was, was adopted. The corrections that we've discussed tonight have all been made and have been implemented, are being implemented right now, correct? Ms. Brown? That's correct. Yes, absolutely. So can we move forward? That's what I'm saying. Yes, we why, can. Why do we need to go back back and, and review all these documents again? That, that doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense, and let me explain why. Okay, let's use the first year that, that when Miss um, Brown came on board, she rightly moved all of the city's staff that were paid, that public works and moved them over to... Uh, general fund payments, kudos. You moved them over there. You then contracted with uh, Lexmark out of Corning for ninety-five thousand dollars for that year. I think it was the fiscal. It was a fiscal year, a calendar year. I can't remember which. It was, it was twenty-one, year. twenty-two. Anyway, over that period of time, ninety-five thousand dollars. The work, the historical invoices or time cards show that for that work that we paid for $95,000, boys took less than 100 hours a year from city staff for doing that same work that we did $95,000. Now, if they did, if Infomark did a whole lot of repair and cleaning and all that other stuff above and beyond what historically was done, that's fine, but you can't tell that from the invoices. So I would like to see that. All the invoices show is $7,968.28 every month for 12 months, but it doesn't give a breakdown of what they did. Plus, your, your job description did specifically identify something for them to do. There's no evidence that they did it. In addition to that, including with that, that $95,000, you get an invoice that says backhoe $3,000. For what and where and why? And if we've got our own backhoe and backhoe operators, what are we paying them for do doing that? So those are the types of things that I can see that we need to turn the cards face up and take a look at and see what, how, how we arrived so, and have we actually cured that particular problem. If I could, the Council Member Sprague, the um, contract that was temporary with Inframark I know, it and, went and, away. Right, right. Well, the reason that we en entered it, and it was approved by the council, um, the prior council, to mm -hmm. enter into that agreement, was we were so short-staffed when I got here in the Public Works Department. We basically had three Public Works employees, one superintendent and two maintenance workers who could not cover and do what they had been doing before in terms of checking lift stations during the day, in the evenings, on the weekends. And that's why the council at staff recommendation, the recommendation of the city engineer entered into the contract to do the work because we didn't have enough staff. Now we're staffed up, and so we took that contract back, and the staff are now doing what they were doing for a short nine-month window. Okay. So that's, that's what the money was used for. We entered into a contract 
nobody on the staff thinks that Inframark wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. So, and we had a legal contract. So I, I, again, I'm not really clear what we're investigating. We had a need, the council approved the contract so that we could meet that need, so that we could be responsible to the citizens of Willows. Okay. And how many hours did they spend doing the work that they did? I don't know that off the top of my head, right. but I could find that. I wasn't planning to ask that specific question tonight. Um, okay. I know. So but the, the, well, I mean, we can belabor this, and Mr. Hansen could certainly be opposed to it. The objective is to come up with a fair and equitable cost associated with the Well, one thing I would say, Councilmember Sprague, is you're absolutely right. Inframark's contract was much more than having our own staff do it. Okay. And, in fact, it was the staff who came back and said, now that we're staffed up and we have six Public Works employees, um, we could take this back and we could do it ourselves and save the city some money. Okay. So there's no doubt that using a contractor sometimes is not cost effective, but we felt like we didn't have a choice when we came to the council. Okay, but you're making my exact point. So what does it actually cost now to maintain the in-town portion of the sewer? Because what you're telling me is we're able to do it less than $95,000 a year. But the sewer rate study was based on $385,000 a year for in-town maintenance. So I'm suggesting that that sewer rate is based on a much higher figure than it actually taught cost to provide the service. The law says you cannot charge more than the actual cost. If you're charging the rate payers, for $385,000 worth of labor when it only takes less than $100,000 worth of labor, they're overpaying. That's the point I'm I, getting at. I, I appreciate that. I think the other thing to keep in mind is that the, um, the rate study also included the city taking out $3.3 million worth of bond money to do infrastructure improvements. So right. that is embedded into the rate for everybody in Willis. I understand that, but the rate study has a breakdown, a cost breakdown of 29 items. And the, what you're referring to is absolutely correct. That's in there. I forget the exact number that's identified for that bond repayment. The, the, they're actually uh, certificates of participation repayment. That's fine. Don't have a problem with that. That's factual. You can look at that. That's what we've committed to. Uh, Wolf and Hansen put that whole thing together for us. It was a well-done study and, and, and so on and so forth. I go back to the fuel costs. I go back to the other costs associated with this type of thing. When you see, when you see a difference in the uh, th looking at the pages of uh, 318, that's your code number for that, mm -hmm. that particular thing, and you can see a particular item that goes along and on a historical somewhere between twelve and fourteen thousand, and twelve and sixteen thousand, and then down to nine, and then up, and then one year it takes a spike up a hundred and some odd thousand dollars, and nobody can show me where they spent that hundred some odd thousand dollars. That's what I would like to look at and say: What have we done? Not only historically, what are we continuing to do to capture those costs associated with it? That's all. Just want to come up with a fair and equitable, balanced um, rate, and we can do that. Well, I think that you're, you're going to get a chance to do it, regardless of what happens tonight, in about 18 months, because there's going to be, it's going to be time to do another rate study. Okay, um, so we paid $61,000 for that rate study. It's still not based on the actual costs. It's based on hypothetical costs associated with what they f refer to as new math 
in their breakdown, knew, and, and I talked to the, the NBS, the, the program that they use for this type of stuff, they, they duplicated that came out of the state of New York. State of New York's process does not comply with R218 process that are based on actual costs, not variables and not all the other things that they do. But nevertheless, the point is I'm looking at a process whereby we can go through, determine historically what the costs are, current history of what the actual costs are, and say, hey, we got a disparity here. Maybe we're not spending enough for fuel. And maybe we need to beef up the fuel costs associated with it, but as I already demonstrated, we know that we can save a couple hundred thousand dollars in labor costs for, for what we're charging. That's all. All I'm asking for is an ad hoc committee that we can do the deep dive. I see minimal effort on your part if, we can, if I can work with the clerk that can research those documents and then be able to hit print and give them to me. That's all. It, it just isn't that, that, it isn't that easy. How much of this information is in MOMS and how much of it is in Some in of Tyler it would be now. in MOMS because we've only transferred over to Tyler, what, in June? So some of it would be, would be there for sure. So most of it's in the MOMS software system? Well, going back before June of this year, that is correct. So if I get this straight, you're suggesting that we can't get a good quality 218 study that's fair unless we do all of this deep dive behind it? The, the new company okay. comes in and does it? There's it a real fallacy, that? and I, I put it in here. There's a, uh, there's a gentleman, actually, that went to high school here that's an architect, and he does these types of studies because he does go in and look at, here's the information. This is what you spent on fuel. Here's what you did on maintenance costs, et cetera, et cetera. And he does his own studies for these cities that he works for somewhere north of 5000 no more than $10,000 for those types of things. And because he has um, family that still lives here that are being impacted by these fees and whatnot, he's willing to work with me on being able to take the information that I provide and the, the, the ad hoc committee, not just me, the ad hoc committee, and then be able to put it in, into a rate study type of a process. The previous rate study that we had, we hired, uh, came out of uh, West Sacramento. I forget, they had some initials as well. They charged us $1,365, or $13,065, to be able to do the rate study that, that we worked off in, in, two, in two, 2019 and 2020. And then we brought MBS in. Uh, this previous city uh, uh, city attorney actually brought MBS in. We didn't put it out to bid. He brought it in, and that's who we used. But anyway, to answer your question, yes, you don't need a full-blown engineer or anybody else to do this. Anybody with a calculator and good sense to be able to look at spreadsheets and that type of thing, they can determine what the costs are. We already have the history. We already have the current history. That's what we're looking for. Let's just base it on that. Because the history, and you're verifying that for me, the actual costs that you're paying out now are much less than what that rate study based those rate fees on. Well, we, we corrected the situation. The staff saw that there could be a savings and corrected it. Okay, that's fine. So, so let's reduce the rates. Because they got more people. I'm saying then let's reduce the rates down to actual costs as the, as the law requires. There isn't necessarily a direct correlation between the savings of... Because I, I, you know, when NBS was in here doing a contract for the city and doing that inframark, that additional 95000 for nine months, 
that was after the rate study was approved. They were using numbers from when the, 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 we were fully ramped up with, uh, for the, before I started. Right. We were fully ramped up. We were not using Inframark for that extra contract <coughs> of $95,000. There were, there were fully ramped up public work staff. So when they were doing this study, we had the staff. They were using staff numbers. They weren't using, that contract came after the study was approved. Uh, you're, you're absolutely, thank you, because you're confirming exactly what I'm saying. What they based, what MBS based that on was the historical, historical charges, not the actual costs that were paid out of the sewer fund. They were paying for, I'll use the real numbers on this, they paid out of the sewer fund over 7,000 man hours a year out of the sewer fund when less than 100 hours of that time was actually spent on the sewer. So that's exactly what I'm saying is what MBS used as those studies were bad numbers, but we carried those bad numbers forward and then identified a new sewer rate based on bad numbers, not the actual numbers. And that's what I want to get to. Is well, I think if the council would like me to have work with the city engineer to do an analysis on that and get back to you, we could certainly do that. And, and I can do it for free if numbers. I can put the ad hoc committee together and not have to pay the engineer to do it. Okay, if it's not going to take any staff time, that sounds great. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I said if it's not going to take any staff time, that sounds great. If you're all going to I do need it is copies of the, of the information. That's all. How long does it take to make the rate change once it's, let's say, let's just say that there was a rate change that, yes, it costs less or it costs more. How long does it take to actually implement that rate change into the system? once you come to that number? You have to go through the, if you do the rate study, then you have to put it out for 45 days to the public to appeal, I believe it's 45 days, and then you have to have a hearing, and then at the hearing, the council approves it or doesn't approve it. If they do approve it, then it gets implemented in the next, in the case of Willows, the next round of property taxes because <coughs> residential houses are billed on their property taxes by the county and so you have to get that to the county by August 10th. Right. The other dynamic in this is that when we adopted that rate study, we gave those apartment owners a $28,000 over the five-year period of time, a 28% reduction. When we increased the, the, the rates on single-family homes by 89%, and then on businesses by 118%. Nobody in this room believes that a business downtown Willows uses more water than an apartment project. Or put it the same way that if you've got 2.7 people, 2.7 people living in an apartment and on the average 2.8 people living in a single family home, that they're still generating just as much affluent out of that apartment, out of that apartment unit as a single family home is. What they did was they based the rate on the metering of the water going into the building, not the amount of sewage that was coming out of the building. There's another fallacy in the, in the, in the, in the uh, process. The point is that these are the types of things that need to be addressed and that I want to address, and I think with, with some volunteers, we have the ability to address those things and then present them to the council. And whether we 
I think we have, the way I understand it, we have the ability to, based on actual costs that we can look at as a council, we can look at it and reduce the rates to be according to the actual costs associated with providing the service. That's what the law requires. If I blow it, I blow it. This is, I'm not a rookie at this. I did this with three state agencies on various uh, uh, expenses that they were associated with, and I, I showed there where they were spending and wasting money, where there was a savings to be had. I know how to put these studies together. It takes manpower. I've got some volunteers that are willing to help us that have a particular skill set. I don't have to look at staff being able to have to do any of this other than pro providing me some of the documents, the documentation. And to me, that's you go to the computer, here it is, here's our 318 uh, printout for expenditures, in, income and expenditures for the last five years. And then let me take a look at them and see, see what the, what Well, it's it, now what it's in us. an older system. It's not in Tyler. It's in the mom's system. I'm sorry? That, that background information is in our previous finance software, the mom's system. So as I've said before, it isn't just a push of a button anymore unless it's June moving forward in Tyler. Then it is more of a pushing of the button, like you're saying. But that system is not active anymore, the mom system. It's stagnant, and it's not just pushing a button. So, you know, I mean, I think I've tried to convey it's not really quite as easy as you're suggesting, Council Member Sprague, but it is ultimately a council decision. I mean, I can also have the city engineer come here and talk about, he's worked on many 218 studies as an engineer and talk about how those studies are structured and whether water's coming in or going out and whether it's, you know, calculated, I, you could certainly present to the council. If you well, if I could that. cut to the chase here. Yes. Um, if the rates that had to be delivered by August of 23, those will be the rates that show up on our tax bill for 24. Is that correct? They show up on your tax bill um, when they go out in like November, like everybody gets their taxes, right? So like October, November, December. Nothing can change because it's already set in motion until August of 24. Not for residential, no, unless you want to be charged can by the county to do an amendment, yeah. but wouldn't advise that. Can't do it for commercial. So everything's on the property tax bill. It's set in motion and in place for 20, until most of 24 as well. Most of right. the tax bill that comes out for the 24-25 year. Commercial rate would be, could be changed. Commercial is Cal Water, but I mean, um, yeah, commercial is billed on your Cal Water bill monthly. Residential is billed on property taxes annually. Well, I agree that we need to deal with commercial because I pay $82 and some cents for 1,500 gallons of water at, on my property down on Sycamore Street. I'd like to see that change. I think we need to have a 218 in order to make the change. Am I not correct for that? No. Well, yes, I, yes, I yes, say you are correct. We, you we have to you have a 218. State law. It, okay. What yes. you're suggesting is it can be done in-house. It doesn't have to be done. That's what I'm suggesting, yes. And, and if it's, and if, for example, you did it. Mr. Mayor, that's incorrect. The Proposition 218 process has to be legally defensible. Well, it can't I, be just I hadn't got there yet, but if you right. did that, how does that protect the city from future liabilities based on that? I think what we could do, and I've already uh, discussed that as well, is if, if, if we put together the study like I 
suggesting that we can do in the report that we can come out and identify specifically these are the actual costs based on the actual proof that we can demonstrate from the city's uh, records then I'm sure we could take it if you feel like you need to have an engineer you could have an engineer it's not required to have an engineer you can have an accountant to do it you could have this gentleman that I, I know over there he does it all the time as an architect he's a licensed architect so it's a matter of being able to just provide the the city with the actual cost here's the historic cost over the last five years and then you can look at that and say okay based on this schedule we can anticipate we need to go up a certain percentage for the next five years i don't think that's 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 hard to do and i think it can be defensible to answer your question mr mayor may i suggest uh, we should if this council has any interest any remote interest in this matter and reliving the past again and again that we listen to our city engineer with a professional opinion because because what I know about the two eight Proposition 218 process, and I've been in more than just the City of Willow's Proposition 218 process, <coughs> pretty well schooled on the process. Not just some dude with a calculator can do it, okay, and have it be legally defensible. It doesn't work that way. And, and Marty, you, you took the words out of my, my mouth. And Mr. Sprague, it seems so simple in your analogy. It's not that simple. A rate study, if, if this council wants to pursue a rate study before the, the, uh, the expiration of the, well, obviously we have to pursue a rate study for future funding before the expiration of, of the five-year Proposition 218 plan, which has been adopted, as we know. We're in year three. Uh, we can bump that up and, and, uh, and, and have discussions on uh, uh, implementing a new Proposition 218 process with a professional who will uh, provide a rate study that will be legally defensible as required and move forward. We don't have to wait another year plus. We can do it before then. But what I'm saying is we don't need an ad hoc committee at this time. If we want to, if, if we want to an action, uh, agendize that item for discussion on implementing a, uh, considering implementing a new Proposition 218 process, we certainly can do that. Let's stop living in a past. Let's, can we move forward, please, as a city council and as a city organization? Okay, we'll open to public comment at this point in time. With all due respect, I think uh, to Vice uh, Mayor Bodden, quit looking back, Gary, quit looking back. Well, I think that if the past council would have asked more questions, we wouldn't be in the situation it was in. Staff has already acknowledged in the past that they was padding the hours they reduce that one of the issues is is that the solar project I don't know if you was on the council when that was approved or not I said in the audience when that was discussed but we now know by what the city attorney and the city manager said the city taxpayers got screwed because the city manager Steve Holsinger did not do his due diligence and look at that contract we're still living with that same problem today and I think that the problem has cost the taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars. We already had an ad hoc committee, which I sat on when I resigned my seat. What's the problem? What, why are we even discussing this? Let's just discuss who's going to be on it. 
because that ad hoc committee was formed and approved by the council. Had you had meetings with that yet? Pardon me? Did you have any meetings on the ad hoc committee? I just met with a couple individuals. You and Casey did not have yes, meetings? No, me and Casey met with them. But I didn't know I that you had actually had any, any, any meetings on that. Out of, so out of full disclosure, once that was agreed upon, I met with Mr. Hoffinke and met with, with uh, uh, Mr. Williams, which was allowable. We didn't have to meet in public and so on. And during that meeting, I think it was about a two-hour meeting, that I specifically identified the specific things in the process of how you go through this type of a study and come out on the other side. So it wasn't that we were hiding anything as much as once the committee was headed up, I volunteered to, to help staff it, to be part of that ad hoc committee, having experience in doing these types of, of studies and, and looking at this, these types of expenditures, not only as a builder, but as a, as a principal consultant for the state legislature, I looked at these types of things. So I have that history. Well, okay, so, but I'll, I'll pick up yeah. right where you left off. Okay. Who wants to serve on that committee? Well, I, I don't believe have Mr. Sprague's already said that. He, well, said he, he would be one, but we need two. Mayor, two. Mayor, I, I'm not sure. I just want to clarify that we're in public comment or the council's discussing or... Well, you're right. I just I, want to I, clarify I, where I we're jump at. Track. Yeah. We're on public comment. I'm sorry. So I'll okay. stop. I'll back up and let okay. public talk. Yeah. Well, to Marty's comment and, uh, you know, talking about information that's given to us, well, you know what, I'll address that at the next council meeting. Uh, but, Mr. Mayor, I would ask you to make sure that you uh, give a place for the public comment uh, at the beginning of the meeting. Did you? There's always a place. For Except for you. In the past when uh, you forgot to, and I brought it up, you was short with me, so I would appreciate it. Well, I apologize for short. Okay. It's, it would have been my rookiness. Okay. So, anyhow, I don't understand why we're even discussing, you know, let's just discuss who's going to be on the ad hoc committee, because we already had an ad hoc committee. And I think it is vitally important that we look back at the past, because some of the issues that we had in the past we're still dealing with today. They're very expensive to the taxpayers. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. Now I'll ask the question. Anybody who wants to serve on this ad hoc committee with Mr. Sprague? Um, I have very limited knowledge of the sewer fund. I am, to be completely honest, I'm a little bit lost as to what you guys are discussing. I have not read up on a whole lot of this. I've talked to Councilman Sprague before on it. Um, he actually sent me some information before I was officially appointed to the council. Um, and that's essentially my limit of information. I would be more than happy to sit on a committee. However, it doesn't seem, from my, my perspective, the way I'm looking at this is we have 18 months until we do a new study. It's going to take us over 12, over 12 months for, if we did do a new study right now, to even have that new one come into effect. Am I, am I mistaken on that? Nope. Okay. That's correct. Especially so then, my my question is: is if it does require research on your part, it does require us to hire somebody. Are those is that money coming out of the sewer fund that we're trying to protect the money of, to pay for these man hours and? There will have to be at the mid-year budget a cost allocation of staff time for myself, 
Finance mm -hmm. and the City Clerk, which we have not done that yet. We've only talked about it for Public Works. But we do touch the Enterprise Fund. I mean, I'm, right now, this would be considered work on related the to the Enterprise Fund. Okay, and so that's, well, that's kind of where I'm trying to, like I said, I'm, I'm new. Okay, I'm trying to learn. So I'm looking at from a financial aspect of will the process that is being brought up be a cost benefit or a cost deficit to the fund that we are actually trying to protect? Well, I and mean, if, if we're going to allocate more, it, more staff yeah. time, then, mm -hmm. I mean, it's obviously, there's a cost to the enterprise fund, to right. the sewage enterprise fund. So, again, if we're trying to not overspend on a fund that is designed to fix our sewer system, this doesn't seem like a proactive way in actually protecting that when in 18 months we're going to be revisiting the exact same situation again when it's going to be processed you know we're going to do it in a year and then we're going to do it six months after that that doesn't seem very cost effective and protecting the money that's in there to actually fix our city it's probably worth noting as well that there were two other rate studies that were done and one of them i know for sure was done pro bono mm -hmm. um or almost pro bono by a nonprofit that the former finance director was able to um, secure and um, the city attorney at that time felt like the city would be, once it was finished and complete, that mm -hmm. the city would be opened potentially to litigation. And so it was tossed out and that happened twice before we got the NBS study. So I think it's also important to just think about, you know, the, the law and what, the law that we have to follow under Prop 218 and making sure that any study that's done is going to hold up to a potential lawsuit. Okay, let me rephrase what my objective is on this, okay? Let, I am not suggesting that I do a 218 process. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. I would also point out that the reason that those two uh, previous efforts were declined was because I was able to specifically pinpoint through city records where the misuse of public funds was, in fact, provable. Okay, that's why those two, it wasn't because the rate study was weak. The rate study was based on historical expenditures, not actual costs. When I identified the actual costs associated with what they were, what the numbers that they were using, those, those numbers, my numbers were more verifiable. Second thing is, I've gone through this for four years and I have done my own studies and analysis of each one of those line items that get, and I have provided that to the city council at my time, my expense. It didn't take staff time. It didn't take any, your engineer. It didn't take your, your accounting people or anything else. I did it based on the information, the public information that was provided to me by the city. That's the only cost associated with what I'm asking that we do now. Just provide me the documents that I'm requesting. That's all. Just that simple. Okay. Right. If, if I may go back to the question at hand, this is to point two people to the ad hoc committee. We have one. He's new. He's got a lot to learn. He's, he needs to get up to speed with the city. I'm currently serving as the mayor. I don't feel like I'd be a value added. And I have enough to activity. I, based on Mr. Hansen's comments earlier, are you willing to sit on this committee? No. That's fine. So, can we have an ad hoc committee of one? Uh, not that no. I'm aware of, no. 
Well, he didn't say he didn't want to sit on it. I didn't understand I that. Would be, I initially thought that I'd be comfortable sitting on it. However, listening to the discussion that's happening tonight, I would honestly have to say I feel uncomfortable jumping into something that I am not comfortable with and don't have a good enough understanding to provide a value-added asset to the people of Willis. I think you're selling yourself short. You're a businessman. You run a business. It's the same type of philosophy. Okay. It is, and I agree with that. Mayor, you can, you can take a request a vote. Hmm? You can request a vote if everybody's done discussing. Um, a vote on what? If there's a motion, I think there was a motion. Nope. Um, no motion Councilor that I made. His request. Did you make a motion? I certainly can. I make a motion that we create an ad hoc committee, as I described in my presentation to the council. Ad hoc committee was already that's already been established. That's already been, that's who to appoint to it. Right. Point to two new members to it. And again, don't sell yourself short, Mr. I'm trying not to. I just okay. there's a lot to learn and I'm just if you would down the road. If you would take a meeting with me that you haven't in the past, if you'd take a meeting with me we could talk more about this. Sure. We could. Maybe we could uh, table it until we come up with a, a second member. Point of order. That's fine. Let me um, hang on. Let me ask I'm sorry, city attorney. I'm sorry. There's a motion on the. I'm sorry. Right. There's a motion on the table without right. a second. Was there a second? No. No second. There wasn't a second. No. Second. No. It dies for lack of second. Yes. So if, if it's dead, that's fine. So let me clarify here what. The mayor is asking for he and I to sit down and discuss this. I spent quite a bit of time already with Mr. Uh, I want to call you Hopping. <laughs> the H. Can't get, right, exactly. Okay. I've already talked with Evan about this. And now if I'm going to talk with the mayor about it, are we violating the Brown Act? Um, if you are communicating your position and with each other, yes, and each other's position, yes. Say that again, I'm sorry. If or, you're oh, com communicating okay. your position and each other's position about the topic, yes. Okay. So if we limited our discussion for the mayor listening to my rationale behind this and so on, and the procedure that I perceive, I'm assuming that those are the types of things he would like to hear from me. What is your process? What is your procedure? You tell her. Well, you tell her what you're thinking. You want to inquire from me, and then let's make sure that well, we're not going to break the brown I'm of the opinion we need a 218 study, and I'm not opposed to doing it sooner than later. My recommendation would be a 218 study. I think that's the law, um, and I would suggest yes. If it if it's I don't know the time frame specifically, but if it's in the next 18 months, then yes, it, I would. I would suggest we just move towards a full 218 study now. But I, I just procedurally, I'd like to make sure that we're clear for the clerk that uh, the motion failed. So if you want to put this on for another agenda on for a different issue, um, that's certainly something we can do. I just want to make sure that the record is clear on what this agenda item was on for and that no action was taken. Yeah, this item is gone. The next one would be agenda item. I'm sorry, I cannot hear you. Uh, well, this one's done as, uh, as it's posted on the agenda. The next would be to post on the next agenda the idea of a 218 study. Correct? Yes. 
and, and as mayor, uh, just to be clear, there seems to be a um, unmanned committee. Um, is the mayor dismantling that committee at this time? Is that something I need to do? Yes. I would think it would be cleaner for now. May I ask a question? Certainly. Can it be tabled till our next meeting? Absolutely. That's, that's my only question. That's, that's all I had for you. I'm sorry. I think you just <laughs> made a motion to table this to the next meeting. I think I asked a question. <laughs> it was possible. I think, that, Mayor, you, you have that prerogative also. <laughs> to dissolve the committee. Uh, Mr. Mayor, if I may. I would, well, you, I would dissolve, dissolve it, the committee in, in lieu of bringing forth uh, an agenda item for the establishment of an effort to do a new 218 study so we can level the playing field for the sewer fund. And we would use Mr. Sprague's expertise in making sure that that was a quality 218 study. I don't have a problem with that. I, I tried to do that last time and I got told to pack sand. So I would, I would do that. So direct you to add 218 study for the sewer fund for discussion. And I guess we'd have to RFP that. But if, you, if you're gonna move forward with the 218 study, I would recommend, especially in light of how the other 218 study went and the concerns of the public around not having an RFP process, I would definitely recommend that the council do an RFP process if they're gonna, and you know, and, and last time the 218 study was housed and managed due to the lack of staff and some legal concerns in the city attorney's office. And I would recommend that it be managed in the city manager's office this time with an RFP process and the city engineer, which is the way it's normally done. And again, it does cost money. It's the sewage fund, but yes, that's true. Yeah. I'm going to ask what you're afraid of that I might find. What I'm afraid of what? Not you. Oh. What, what is everybody afraid of that by doing what I'm suggesting, what we might find? What are you afraid of that we might find? I'm not afraid of anything, and we're not hiding anything. Okay, so make it available. That's <coughs> this the information is about staff available. time. There's like a lack of staff here. I've said that repeatedly. So, I mean, right now I understand as mayor that the functions that Marty is doing is is community services director, finance director, as well as city manager, HR director. Um, I understand she has a good prospect for one of those positions and received an application for another one today that, that shows promise. So if we have full staff and we get more of her time freed up, then we would actually be able to get more stuff done. Yeah. And that would be, hopefully will be taken care of in one or two months, having them up to speed. And for clarity from the city attorney, it, it does not sound advisable that you and I chat about it beyond tonight doesn't sound like it right. mr. mayor for the, the, the same uh, reasons you just noted I would recommend uh, uh, not you know uh, agendizing uh, proposition 218 rate study matter for after the first of the new year to give uh, hopefully Marty some time to uh, hire some staff members I mean she's juggling the bulk of the city operation on her shoulders with well, I, the capable I assistance of our that. staff, right? What you just said. I mean, I don't think it'd be fair to to throw that 
to discuss this matter, an important matter like this, at the next meeting and, th and throw that on our plate at this point too until she has some more help resources here. So, you know, we can, uh, you know, this can be done right and professionally. I would, I would suggest that this matter be agendized at some point after the, in the new year, early in the new year for discussion when we have, when she has some help. That's what I'm trying to say. Any, let me, any um, comments if, on that? Yeah, let, well, let me, let, me, let me set aside this whole concept of the ad hoc committee at this point in time. Let me ask that I would not be hamstrung on getting some of the information that I'm going to be requesting, and I'll do my own personal little study on it and then present it to the council of this is what I've discovered. We won't do it through an ad hoc committee. I'll do it myself. I just want to be confident that I can get the information that I'm going to be requesting. It's a matter of public information. And then I'll take on the burden. won't take any of your time whatsoever, Mr. Hanson, be, or staff. That would be honorable on your part. Okay. I would only ask that you be cognizant of the time frames and, and the workload that, that are hurt. I'll certainly do has. that. I'll certainly do that. So I'll give you, if I might, let me suggest, or you tell me, if I give you the whole laundry list and said, please provide it in this order, and then leave it up to you for the time that it allows for staff to be able to accumulate that information. That work? Okay. So I won't be hamstrung for getting that information. It'll be time consuming, it sounds like, but not, I won't have obstruction. I'm, you know, not gonna commit to a time frame, but I, We'll work on it. Okay. For sure. All right. And again, to me, it seems simple that the information that and I've gotten just, before did not seem to be that difficult to retrieve. I want to be clear that the majority of the council is giving this blessing to move forward with this. It sounds you know? like this is an ad hoc I mean, committee of one, one person at yeah. this point. I don't understand this. Didn't we just, uh, Mr. Spriggs' motion died for lack of a second. And here we are back. Mr. Sprague is going to be as one man ad hoc committee. That nothing's changed. Well, Doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm, I'm in uncharted waters. I'm unfamiliar with what I should I, be doing at this I just point. want to point out. I mean, if the if it if there if the information is uh, public records that Councilmember Sprague is requesting, then it can be through the PRA um, process. My office handles that. Ultimately, it does fall back on staff um, to retrieve those records, but um, the actual request is going through, I think, our office or really the clerk. Image, yeah. yeah. So um, if that's what we're discussing, I don't know specifically what information. Um, well, if it's a formal PRA, then we have 10 days to respond. Right. So uh, what my point was in asking Mr. Sprague was that he'd be cognizant that staff I might not be yeah. able to deliver that in that time frame. And, and the law allows, if I'm asking for voluminous material, it can be actually moved out to 30 to 45 days. So that's fine. The, the time frame for delay is already built into the, into the PRA process. As long as the council member Sprague is aware that, that staff is obviously short shorthanded. That's fine. I won't bill you for my time. How's that? Oh, wait a minute, $250 a month. Oh, I do already. <laughs> okay, um, council correspondent. <clears throat> I'll leave the press release for you. 
Um, City Council comments. I would like to welcome Sherry Brott to the City Council, or to planning the City Commission. Planning Commission. Maybe she wants my job. Um, appreciate your uh, stepping into the role, and uh, we're excited to have your energy. Congratulations, Sherry. You're, you'll be an asset. On Thank September 20th, 21st, 22nd, I attended the League of California Cities. They had uh, annual conference. They had no ballot initiatives that I was elected to vote on, so I had no vote to make. I had the opportunity to attend some very helpful and interesting subjects, and some that were not so relatable to Willows. I listened to a program that was urban development and how to improve your retail sector. And it was all about um, the city of Anaheim spending $35 million improving the, their main road into town. And I thought, well, that doesn't really have a whole lot to do with the city of Willows. So there were some things that I found very helpful. I got some information on sales tax. I met uh, HDL folks, and they agreed that they can send us what uh, sales tax numbers would be based on uh, current what we currently have and what we would raise. And so, I'm and they're working on that. And they're working on that. So um, it was an interesting process. Uh, probably the most exciting that thing that I had happen to me is when the fire alarm went off at the Hyatt Midtown at 1.40 in the morning and we were all standing out on the sidewalk until 2.30 in the morning while the fire department cleared the, cleared the hotel. But it turns out some homeless guy got cold in the back of the building. So, so that's my report. Who's next? Yeah, Mr. Mayor, can go if you'd like. Uh, yesterday, we had our, our monthly Glen Groundwater Authority board meeting. Uh, relatively un unusually, it was a relatively light agenda. Uh, due to harvest season, we uh, we were almost able to uh, uh, not have a meeting this month. We've never done that, <laughs> so we just. But we had a couple of bills we had to pay, and we did have three uh, endorsement letters uh, to. Uh, issue uh, in reference to grant funding opportunities from the United States Bureau of Reclamation. And there are huge grant funding opportunities. And one of them was to our very own uh, uh, Orland Artois Water District. Uh, uh, Chuck Schenauer is one of our directors and sits on the board of, of Orland Artois. And they're a viable partner. Uh, Orland Artois has, has a, a host of, of uh, water recharge projects uh, uh, in the works. And uh, that are moving, and, and actually, that uh, several of which have uh, are fruitful and, and have actually already occurred and are going to be occurring. But uh, not only Orland Artois uh, for their uh, it's a planning and, and project design grant application for future uh, for their infrastructure expansion project, which is huge. They've taken on it's huge. They're well into it, and also a second letter of support uh, for Orland Artois Water District in reference to the. Uh, Drought Resiliency Grant Application uh, inf Infrastructure Expansion Project in relation to the construction phase of that. The other one was for the uh, Dunnigan. Uh, Gary? I'm sorry. The other one was for the Dunny. <laughs> that felt good. The other one was, was for the uh, Dunnigan uh, uh, Calusa County uh, Water District and the Dunnigan Water District Groundwater Recharge Data Sharing and Modeling Improvements Project. And we had a couple of bills we had to pay, but 
of most importance, tomorrow there's a, going to be a media event at Lely Park in Orland on Canter Road 200. For those of you not familiar with Lely Park, it's uh, located uh, within the city limits of, of Orland, Canter Road 200, uh, uh, east of Pabst Avenue, uh, just east of the uh, county courthouse, uh, county uh, uh, extension uh, offices uh, uh, on the north side of Canter Road 200. That's going to be at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, the uh, local groundwater supplies are uh, due to where the, the Glen Groundwater Authority is hard work. And, you know, it's a pleasure, an honor, a pleasure to serve on that board since formed in uh, 2017. Currently the chair. It's a great board of just proactive, uh, uh, good, decent uh, people who are all concerned about protecting our resource, our groundwater supplies. Um, so we have uh, uh, already, uh, uh, you know, placed over 2,000 acre feet, which is over 650 million gallons of water, through aquifer, groundwater, aquifer recharge projects, uh, and that's enough water uh, just uh, to supply approximately 2,500 local house households with water for one year. So that's already been uh, been put placed in the ground. Uh, the uh, additional sites are currently uh, uh, being recharged right now in uh, the Orland Unit Water Users Association District and also the Orland Artois Water Districts. Now, mind you, the, uh, the voluminous number of domestic uh, wells that went dry were all in that area, in, in the uh, Central County area, Orland, within Orland Artois, and also uh, in, in the Orland area within uh, Orland Unit Water Users. City of Orleans also been a great partner. Uh, uh, Bruce Roundy is uh, is my colleague and uh, the director representing the City of Orleans on that. So tomorrow, uh, Bruce Bruce Roundy along with Grant Carmen and uh, Chuck Schnauer will be representing the board. I unfortunately have a conflict in, uh, in Fairfield Police Department uh, firearms training tomorrow. That's been long planned with a lot of people and uh, and. Uh, reserved range, so I'm unable to attend. I have to be in Fairfield the next two days, so I can't be there. I'd love to be there, but uh, uh, this I just wanted to point out the press release, and I asked Marty to, to forward this to uh, my colleagues on the council for their information. So there'll be a press event tomorrow at 11 o'clock. It's uh, open to the public. Uh, we have some signage there. One of the recharge projects is Lely Park, and uh, Orland Unit Water Users has been supplying water on a rotational basis for groundwater recharge. And all these recharge uh, projects are being monitored to, to, uh, yeah, to see how effective they are. And so far, so good. It's been good news. It's been very effective. So I'm mean, pleased and encouraged and excited about that. So, and that's all I had. One other item. It's great to see uh, our contractor in the ground, Kenner Road 99, south of Harvest Drive to Kenner Road 57 with the water main. They're working very rapidly on it. They're moving right along. Uh, they started, uh, well, I don't know, a week and a half or so ago, week, week and a half ago, and they're making great progress and it, 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 making, making fast work of it. They're doing a great job on traffic control. Harvest time, there's a lot of traffic, a lot of truck traffic, and other traffic related. Uh, they've got, uh, they're keeping the traffic moving right along with uh, just their delays. I'm through there every day, uh, you know, every day. Uh, farming and uh, 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 the weights have been minimal, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. So it's just good to see, finally, after, uh, you know, 
uh, after uh, years in the pro and you know in the process. So that's all I had, Mr. Mayor. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gary. David. Yes, sir, Mr. Mayor. I uh, had the privilege of attending the 4-H award ceremony that occurs annually uh, recently, and I wrote an article in the newspaper with a photo. So you got a full report on that visit. Uh, the kids are awesome. The people that organize and support that program are dedicated, loyal. Wonderful quality people, like Gary mentioned, of folks that he deals with. Uh, uh, the LAFCO meeting this morning, or Monday morning, was not was canceled. It did not take place, so that happens when there's no business, you know, nothing to do. Uh, our town hall meetings that are occurring on the Mondays before the city council meetings are turning out to be good. There, there's a lot of dialogue. We're using an open forum now. Uh, the pool is always on the top of the schedule, and the people that were there are committed to making that pool renovation happen. Uh, we're going to look for alternative ways to make it happen and we're going to look and, and uh, con, you know, continue to try to find resources and I'm going to encourage and ask that, that the city make some strategic moves to capture the county's $200,000 matching funds. It would be just silly not to do that. So I'm hoping that happens. Um, the, uh, let's see, what else do I have down here? The, um, the, the nature and, and dialogue and, and temperament of this council is at best contentious. I, I hear words like uh, those were the actual cost, uh, that the, uh, uh, the padding budgets, all, all kinds of terminologies that are recorded for the public that I can say unquestionably will kiss our tax increase goodbye. So if you want to back up a few hundred yards and look at the big picture and realize how critical the tax increase is to us, you might want to reconsider placing in the public domain documents and dialogues and comments which validate that we are untrustworthy, incompetent, and incapable of running a city. If we're, that's what we're going to say to the public, then one and a half years from now, I don't know what we're going to do because we'll be upside down, what, $1.4 million? And, uh, and I, I made the mistake one time of saying that, gee whiz, we deserve it. People didn't like that, so I won't say that again. Uh, please, 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 I know that when I say don't go back, Folks don't like that. I know things in the past happened that probably, you know, I don't know, but we're not going to get a sales tax increase if we cannot demonstrate to the people that we are indeed capable, competent, honest, and trustworthy. And I just don't know how we can do this and get that. Finally, there will be a whole bunch of people in, from Japan here this week. Uh, there's a whole contingent from, of Toyota people in town. They're here already, but they'll be here in mass on Thursday and Friday. I'm kind of proud of that because the poor folks at Starbucks and at the hotels do not speak Nihon, and therefore it's kind of fun when people from other countries show up in Willows, California, and, and, and just, it's just, I just love it. So um, I hope we get our tax sales, uh, sales tax increase to happen. I hope we can convince the citizens of this town that we are deserving of them supporting that for them at our suggestion and our request. Thank you. Thank you. Evan, do you have anything to say? I uh, just want to thank you guys for the opportunity to be sitting up here. And uh, this was definitely eye-opening as a first experience to a regular city council meeting. Well, it's uh, not regular that we'd be close to 10 o'clock. Mm, you know, builds character, as I like to say. <laughs> um, but, no, I do um, enjoy the challenges that this is going to bring on, and I do hope to actually help the city continue moving forward and growing and becoming better and providing more services um, to well myself as one of the people that lives here so um, yeah just hey, thank you for the opportunity 
Forrest? Nothing to report, sir. Okay. Marty. Yep, just one quick update on the solar power purchase agreement. Um, we did get a new contract um, from Trinary, a new power purchase agreement contract. And um, it is um, with the city attorney and um, she will be reviewing it and redlining it and then we'll be sending it back to Trinary. So we're in a back and forth negotiation right now. And um, as soon as we have something we all, both parties have agreed to, I will bring that back to the council as soon as possible. Excuse me. Is that oh, for there's one other thing, actually. One other thing is that the, um, since this is now not going to be a replacement of clear, uh, the Clearway Energy solar panels, it's going to be a supplement to it. We need additional land to put that on. And after the city attorney and a representative from the Trinary Group, we met, we wanted to propose a, a small piece of the property that we currently lease for rice cultivation. And that lease has to go back out to bid. And I have been waiting to work with the city engineer and kind of come up with a recommendation before I bring the lease part back so that I could include that in the staff report. It's only about a one and a half acres out of, you know, about 40 or 50 acres, I think, that we yeah, lease. 59 acres yeah, that um, so it's not very much, but I wanted to get that carved out before we bring back the um, request for bid for a new lease to the council, which will be on the October 24th um, agenda now. And then the trinary agreement will be sometime probably after that because we have to do our back and forth negotiations. So, Gary, you know that area better than I do. Don't we have 17 acres of city-owned property not too far from the yes. solar farm? Yes, it's adjacent, basically, very, very near that. Yeah. 15, there's 59 acres of, uh, of rice ground that's leased out, approximately 17 acres. The old burn dump is right. just right next to that, basically. Okay, so wouldn't it be more economical for us to use our own property as opposed to leasing something else? No, we're, leasing. we're not. We're not. We're leasing it out. Oh, we're, we're leasing the rice straw or the rice land. The out. city owns all that property. I see. Okay. Excuse me. That's it. Thank you. We'll adjourn. <laughs>